Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love you Well, welcome, welcome to Morning Glory, everybody. And uh, a little stumble at the start there. I really just ruined the rhythm of the show there. <laughs> just go, I'll challenge that. Uh, yeah, today, of course, Origin Chat. Sound advice, Jack John's going to talk about the late, great Tina Turner. Mid-season health check. Welcome to City Morning Heralds. Andrew Webster, happy State of Origin. And to you. Happy Origin to you, Matthew. The maestro. And everyone. Alex. Indeed. Nice uh, to be back, gents. How are you? Happy very, State very of well. Origin. Yes, and to you. <laughs> President of Pennant Hills Road, Ben Hogarth, happy State of Origin. Happy State of Origin, go New South Wales. And the Elon Musk of all things alcohol, <laughs> all things alcohol and apparel. <laughs> Bloke in a bar, Denon Kemp, not happy State of Origin, hopefully. <laughs> Mate, uh, you've reached new, reached new heights to replace a 40-game no-namer. The, one of the greatest New South Wales players ever has been replaced by a 40-game no-namer. So new heights for this uh, show. Hey, 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 hey listen. Mate, you have been called in because he has gone MIA <laughs> since our little stoush two oh, weeks yeah. ago. It's frosty, isn't yeah. it? Oh, I've, yeah. I've seen Joey a couple of times in the last week and I raise it and it's a sore point. Yeah, I love it when we had the stink and I went and grabbed him in the shoulders in our break and said, just settle down, little brother. And he goes, it was just banter. <laughs> <laughs> He's not very good at hiding his emotions, no, though, is he? No, how dare no. I give Billy Slater a rap? Anyway, <laughs> what do I know? Hater. I'm Matty Johns. Hater, hater. <laughs> now, look, the big story this week, the passing of the icon Tina Turner. What a life, what a human being. Absolutely. Um, but also the voice and the face for a long time of rugby league. I spoke to John Quayle very early yesterday morning. He was under the pump, Quayle. He said, I haven't been this busy since I was the boss of the league, Andrew. He's like wow. copying uh, uh, interview requests left, right and centre. But um, I actually really enjoyed, it was quite cathartic writing about Tina yesterday. And some of the stories that I got out of it, guys, that really resonated from for me, and it was, I've heard these ones from John Quayle before, was just how humble she was. Yeah. And there's one story that I love about her. It, so that campaign went for seven years. Uh, or, or they used her for seven years um, and, and simply the best for, for six of them. The last ad campaign they shot, three days before they did the shoot, they're at dinner and John Quayle said, why don't, you, why don't we shoot you on top of the Harbour Bridge? Yeah. And they, and they just expected her to say, no, no, that'll be too hard. She said... No, no, that sounds like great fun. So here she is, Incredible. top of the Harbour Bridge, in stilettos, no harness, yeah. um, and, and you know, and nothing was too hard. She had no demand. She just said, I don't want to start too early. I just want to play to Mango about 11 a.m. That was yeah. all she wanted, no security. So I really like those sort of stories He's, about how yeah. humble she was. And Quayley said, like, um, she said, what would you like me to wear? Mm. The first one, Quayley said, look, it's up to you. She goes, no, 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 I just want to be, you know, Give me your opinion," he said. So I sat there. It was almost like the Richard Gear 
uh, pretty woman thing. But Julia <laughs> Roberts, <laughs> she just kept coming out saying, what do you think? And he was like, oh. And she, like, there was nothing was a drama. Mm, not at all. It was just but, incredible. One, and, and, of course, you know, the story is, is the fact that it would keep top secret from everybody. Mm. So at the end of the 88 season, they went around in the pre-season they said to all the teams, I want you to go and do some, we're going to advertising campaign, can you know, this team go and run, run along the beach and this team do this? And they just, none the wise why they're doing it. And it was when they flew to London, and this is a great story Quayley tells, he said to Tina Turner, like, okay, this is what, he was explaining the rules of the game and whatnot, and he rang Gavin Miller and said, Gavin, he was over there, I think, playing for Hull KR, and said, Gavin, you've got to do me a favour. You've got to, we're shooting in London one day, I'm not going to tell you what what it's for or about, but you've got to deliver Andrew Eddinghausen, who was playing at Leeds. So anyway, the day of, Gavin rings Quayley and says, ET can't make it. They postponed a game and they're playing today and they won't release him. But it doesn't matter. I've looked after it. I've got two players. He goes, who's that? He said, me and Cliffy Lyons. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, Quayley beforehand had said to Tina Turner, he said, you wait. Like These guys are rough. They're tough. But, mate, the guy that is coming here, he's like a young Robert Redford. She was like, oh, wow. Anyway, first guy who walked in was Gavin. She, and then Clivy walks in. She goes, "Just can I just ask you, which one's Robert Redford? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it, you know, it, you would have told you, Webby, it nearly didn't happen. Mm. It was kept totally secret. And there was only a, a, a small group of people who knew about it. And the day before it was released, before the, the national and international release, Ken Arthurson got a call from an iconic commentator who said, please, please tell me you haven't hired an American grandmother pop singer to be the face and voice of our game. If this is true, this will cost you and John you know, your careers in the game. So he, he, he was so earnest... Arco rang Quayley and said, we've got to pull it. We've got to pull it. We, we're just, this is going to, you know, and Quayley was like, right. And he said, they seriously contemplated it. And then Quayley goes, John, we've uh, we, okay, we've come this far. Let's just go with it. Mm. And, and it was, I talked to Quayley about this yesterday. Winfield, the Winfield Cup, they paid for, for most of it. It cost the league in over the seven years that she was the voice of the game, $200,000. That's all it cost. In the first year, in the first year, and this is before the, the simply the best campaign, remember, was what you get is what you what see, see um, it increased uh, female viewership of the game by 70%. Yeah. And that's what they yeah. wanted all along because they were expanding into, into a 20-team competition and they wanted to be, they wanted to appeal to the biggest, broadest demographic. And that's what, that's what that campaign yeah. did. And what... That campaign now is NRLW. Yeah. Like, you know, like these days right now, the Tuna Turner thing would be would absolutely work, but, you know, just getting players taking their shirt off, that that's, you know, good-looking blokes isn't enough. Where Now we've, the game's in a sweet spot and there's great female interest in the game, but that's been delivered because of the NRLW. It's no longer viewed as a male sport. Mm. Just on Roger Davies, you know, to see Tuna the musical, at which Webby you've seen... And reading about Roger Davies is that Roger Davies, you know, was a um, talent manager, and Tina Turner, when she when she broke away from Ike, he she just forgot all the all the all the songs, 
all that gave him to Ike just so all she wanted was to keep her name. Mm. And when Roger Davis found her, her career was at a low ebb. In fact, he went into the Fairmont in San Francisco and walked in and she was performing there. And he just said, oh, my God, you're better than this. Yeah. Went away, spoke to the great Mike Chapman, an Australian. He wrote a list of songs, What's Love Got To Do With It, et cetera, et cetera. And they, he delivered them to Tina and Tina didn't want to do it. Did she? Mm. she goes, it's not my music. And they had to convince her, and of course. Well, just... I think I think the first one, um, the first lead campaign, where you guys what you see, they they tried other singers and it just wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. And they finally got Tina to agree, and the rest is history. I do love like when the uh, musical was launched in in Sydney early this year. Her quotes were saying that one of the highlights of her entire career was performing at the '93 Grand Final. She wow. said that was one of her greatest moments. She just I mean, she loved it. She loved that. She had such a. This is what Quail said to me. She was so invested in it. She like loved the players. The players loved her. You know, she just wasn't some big international act coming and yeah. getting a, a getting a check. Like she was really invested in the game. Cliffy Lyon said that he didn't know. He walked into the room and yeah. Tina Turner standing there, and he went, "Oh my god!" And he said, "She came over and just gave me a cuddle." That's yeah. That's what Quail no, was. It's saying. it's just incredible. I mean, that's. I mean, some of the things throughout her career. For a while there, she had the uh, she held the Guinness Book of Records for the biggest live audience, which was at the Rio's Maracanã, 180,000 people. Wow. So it's amazing when you say one of the highlights was to be at that night. Yeah. And, you know, you look at her at full time where she's just in the huddle with, with the Alfie Broncos. Yeah. The it's just, That's what I mean. She, was in, she uh, loved it. Yeah, okay. God, I love it. You know she also played St. George Leagues Club? What? And Reesby workers. <laughs> no. Okay. So in that twilight period, like when she was t- trying to make a comeback, she was doing, yeah. Okay, San- Fairmont from San Francisco, just rub that out as a low point. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go from one uh, gorgeous icon to another, Wayne Bennett. Um, <laughs> Dolphins 26, Dragons 12. Boys, three names. Jermaine Asako, Cody Nicarima, Anthony Milford. Is Wayne Bennett a witch doctor? <laughs> Mate, it is unbelievable how good all three of them played. But I just want to talk about Asako especially because Milford, he's been up and down this year. You know, some games not so great, some games solid. Last night, fantastic. Code Nikarima, I mean, he was outstanding. Not just outstanding in his normal position at fullback, but Jermaine Asako, like, he was, he, could, he probably couldn't get a club last year. He literally probably was out there trying to find a club and clubs are like, look, we just, you know, we've got so much room in our cap and so much room in our top 30. We can't afford to get, get another winger in. He's arguably the best winger all year. That's how good he's yeah, been. My word, he's been. It's Because the Hammers got a lot of the headlines, yeah. and rightfully so. Asaka's been every bit as good, improved every bit as much, probably maybe even more. It's just, I just cannot believe that a guy that's 20, I think he's 26 now, how close he was to almost slipping out of the game. Yeah. How close. When they signed him, I was like, oh, what are they doing? It was almost a point of ridicule, though, when they signed him. Remember, yeah. it's people going, is this the best the Dolphins can do? I know. But he, to me, I reckon that's he embodies what Bennett's done there more than anyone. Because he's managed to unlock. Unbelievable. Uh, he's unlocked the, the, the brilliance in a lot of players. I'll tell you what, though. I thought it was, I talked to Bennett a couple of weeks ago about Kafusi, and he was saying, I've, I've been able to t- tone down his... His uh, his yeah. uh, aggressive manner. Geez, he didn't miss him this week. No, he didn't. He goes, I thought uh, it was really did you just pointed. speak to him? He goes, I've spoken to him. He's just obviously not listening. Yeah, so, it was yeah. really, really pointed. Yeah. Um, Dragons coach Ryan Carr last week, 
He said, coaching, this is just so easy. Uh, <laughs> this morning he's handed his resignation. <laughs> but, like, last uh, – I was. I mean, that shows you. They had a the sugar hit last week, but the problems that exist within the Dragons and the principals and their defence hasn't changed. I Look, I am going to sound like a crazy person. I actually was really excited by what I saw from the Dragons because I don't think – did we anyone expect them to win, win without Ben Hunt? What I loved about it – yes, they're rough around the edges, these young fellas – but I loved that Sullivan had a moment, mm. Sloan had a moment, and Amona had a moment. Those three guys are the future of the club. And when the game was on the line, they wanted the ball in their hands, and they did damage with the ball in their hand when the game was on the line. Everything else is just training, repetition, yeah. and mental headspace. Yeah. I actually was excited by what I saw. But you're right. In regards to defense, it was a very grindy defense, game. Yeah. They struggled to, to hang in there. But all the stuff that you can't teach, talent, and yes. ability, they have it. It's that, there. I mean, that's the perfect thing. Sloan and Jaden Sullivan. You look at that one minute, there's absolute brilliance, mm. and the next minute, it's like, you know, with young Jaden, um, it's like, and I mean, he's not a big bloke and he's a young bloke, but it's just having the same energy in defence, being as excited in defence, mm. which I know is hard, mm. as you have with the football. Mm. Mm. It's just hard. You know, defence is... You know, when, you, when you're in there, I mean, you're standing on an edge and the big guys just stand opposite you mm. and they just gonna, they're just going to go at you. And the, the bottom line is you have to, if my advice to him would be, get off the line and at least show that you enjoy it. I, I will you're going to take the challenge up to him. I will say I personally don't think he has got the best development over the last two years. Oh, no, absolutely. If you're not going to play him uh, as seven or give him game time, he should have been leading a New South Wales Cup yep. to a premiership. That's what he should have been doing instead of this in, out, oh, in, out. It's There's not been the... a lot of that with Sloan. I mean, oh. some of that stuff has just been... They're just confused. Yeah, they are. You but know, last night... Lomax I... is a great example of it. Yeah. And what, what's happened to him? Oh, man. Um, what do we think of the DeBellin sin bin? No, I think it was warranted. I just thought it was totally... I just think that sort of tackle is totally unnecessary. You can just wrap your arms there. Mm. Know, or and just you know, tack, you know, pin the pin the legs, you know, above the knees. But when you hit at that angle in that force, I'm sorry, it's just totally unnecessary. Yeah, it's you're a low percentage a, sort of tackle. You're putting a career at risk. Yeah, yeah. The NFL have that thing, isn't it, Webby? Like, you know, we always say, oh, rules got to be black and white. But they okay. I just think sometimes the referee has the right to say. That was unnecessary. Yeah. Like, that we see that with the NFL, they have unnecessary roughness. But the ref, the officials in the NFL also have the power to go. You know what? That's not right. That's yeah. against the spirit of the game. And he's and he was warned what five minutes previous. To and that? his, yeah. his so, press conference too. Yeah, like he wasn't blown up at the press conference. He sort of he can. There was an element of him conceding. There was. There's. I think the key, in my opinion, anyway, is the warning. Yep. It's almost like you, you could, if he did that just once in a game, you could say fatigue and he just came in at the right, okay, penalty. But it's the warning that you're like, yep. mate, you were told, like, you got to cut that out and you, you've gotten fatigued. And he got through a mountain of work. He, I think he made nearly 58 tackles or 60 tackles. Um, but I agree with you in regards to ones that have time, that's the ones where I feel like we should be, yeah. okay, we can't have this in our game. It's the ones that are like split, spec, split second that I think yeah. we are too harsh yeah. on. Yeah. Harumph. I'll back that yeah. up. We're going to take a break. <laughs> After the break, we're going to go to Northern California and talk about State of Oregon. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the show a little bit later. We've got sound advice, and uh, Jack's going to focus on the career and the songs of the great Tina Turner. Uh, but it's time for Webster. 
Wasn't it wonderful to hear from the great Emmanuel Lewis last week? Sounds like he's going good. He's going gangbusters. Where is that? Uh, where is that footage? Yeah, that recording. Uh, I have it on my phone. If oh. you'd like to see it, is there a, video, like is there, is there a video of him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got a trail. Just be careful. This when is you get on Ben's is... phone. You've got to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey mate, it's yeah. all stuff that Flat sends me. Yes, okay? he <laughs> oh mate. Oh, oh we've had wow. to close down a few I WhatsApp s- groups I because saw, of this. <laughs> I actually saw Fletch and Heidi and Benny at um, Blues training. Oh, really? On uh, the big media session on Monday morning, it was strange seeing you out of the studio. I don't usually go. I don't usually yeah. do the whole media thing anymore. And it was well, catch, it was like ca- it was catch and kill. It was catch and kill. Catch and kill. And, and, I, and I showed them how to catch and kill. Oh. I just got Nathan Cleary. Bang! I say, like, yo, bang! He, ca- he actually came up to me. and Goes, I've already done my interviews. How are you going? Like, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got any yet. <laughs> you are ruthless, oh, yeah, ass man. State of origin. Don't pick on me. <laughs> or I'll blow up like your brother. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh. You know, your brother, be- actually, your brother's right. <laughs> You're better than that, Webby. You're better than that. Now, we're going to talk about it. Firstly, how was the Mood in the Blues camp? I have to say I was uh, surprised about how relaxed it was. Usually those catch and kill sessions, they have the big media thing oh, on the Monday. Yeah. Usually there's a bit of tension there, but I, I found them to be quite, um, quite relaxed and calm and... There was no nervous energy, particularly around Freddie and, and Brandy. Mm. They were all very calm. But there's a few things that I got out of it that I noticed straight away. Um, the the biggest one that probably hasn't been reported much at all is just how close Cody Walker was to being the six. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they really were considering that just because of how well he's played, particularly with Latrell yeah. this season. So okay. they're really, they really torn on it. Um, more Cody than Nico was the starting six. That that's was... interesting. That, that, wow. That's mm. a lot of that's about Latrell, similar with Apicorosau, of course, and, and Nathan. And I, I actually think... like hearing that from a perspective of obviously if a New South Welshman because it just shows you that I think the narrative before Origin was that Cody Walker just wasn't even in the picture. He, yeah. de- well, he definitely was. Yeah. Mm. The yeah, other thing I couldn't it. also, I was surprised, they, they seriously looked at DeBellin. They did when mm. uh, they looked at that as an option, knowing that um, this is before the Manly game against Canberra, knowing that Jake may or may not come up, Jake Trebojevich. Um, in the end there, I think they believed it was going to be too much of a distraction, which um, rightly or wrongly, I, I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been a media obsession for the week and going into a first game, they thought it would be too tough. Um, How selfless of Jake there too. To let them know straight exactly. away. To get, most players would have went, no, no, I'll be right. I'll, I'll get there. Mm. He just goes, no. Nah. But the other big thing that I got, to, I took away from it. It's sort of that's how the weeks developed. They just were telegraphing from the get-go on Monday. We're going to fight fire with fire. We're basically going to pick a fight. We're going to start paying I Junior. We're going to put him on for the first twenty minutes. Like they just showed their hands straight away um, and were shameless about it, rightly or wrongly. I know that it's the comments this week have been taken mm. with interest from the NRL. I talked spoke to Graham Annesley the other day, and um, he said, "Well, they can do whatever they want, but if, if they push it too far, then mm. blokes mm. will be sat down." Do you well, think? Mm. Do you think it's a bit of smoke and de- like? Because I personally think. And maybe I'm just too paranoid as a Queenslander. Mm. A, I think Tifita Panga Jr. doesn't start. I think they're trying to roll up 
the Queensland forward pack to do something stupid. Flegler and Collins have a history of going mental. Uh, <laughs> and I, so I actually, psychology, is that what you think it is? I actually think they're trying to get the Queenslanders in a, like a mindset of like, just go let's have mental, a fight. let's go. If you want to go, let's have a crack. So actually, yeah. I mean, look, as I said, yeah. maybe I'm a paranoid Queenslander, but I think there might be a bit of... Well, I wrote about it today about Pangai. Mm. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. He's got to, uh, Tavita's got to be careful with all this noise going around. That can that can seep in. I tell you what, I've, when you get up and close and personal with him, big. he's big. Oh, I saw him God. there with Payne Haas. I went, ooh, you're almost as big as Payne Haas. <sighs> There's a reason why there was a period where he was the next Tamalolo. And people will go, oh, you're off your head, Dan, and saying that now. No, go back five or six years. There was million-dollar talks that he is mm-hmm. the next guy when he was at the Broncos. I, I remember it very, very vividly. I personally just think they won't start him because I think it's too much of a risk because they don't know how the game's going to pan out. Mm. If they're on the back foot for the first 20 minutes, he's going to gas in 10 of them. Exactly. Whereas off the bench, you can choose when to inject him and how the game is going. And, all, and also, do you really want do you want, do you want to be down a man in the first 20? Mm. Like, do you That's really want to start that? And this is the other thing I got out of it, guys, was just how much, like... The joke, the sort of like a half joke, like, well, this is going to be a risk by picking him, and if it works, we're going to look like geniuses, and if we don't, I can, we can already imagine people calling for our heads. And it's an interesting strategy going into an opening Origin match in which you're the favourites, mm, alleged yeah. favourites. Yes, I, I, I agree with you in regards to sometimes the media and and rightly so, I'm included in this. We put the tag of enforcer on a player. And then his ego mm. gets involved. Of course. And he, unless he does something. So let's say he goes out and he makes 20 tackles, misses none and runs for 100 metres. He'll be called a cat. Even though that's a great debut. Yeah. A cat? Yes. Well, but you don't understand what I'm saying. He's I the will enforcer. not be calling. Oh, I'll that, tell you right now, I will not be calling no, Pango Jr. a cat. But, uh, yeah. You understand what I'm face. saying. I, unless I he absolutely that. shot yeah. someone, gets yeah. in someone's face. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be, a, you know, again, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but it's going to be really interesting. Someone said to me, Will the Tavita Pangai thing work? And I said, mate, ask me at 10 o'clock Wednesday, next Wednesday night. 100%. Yeah, it's one, all conclusions will be drawn there. I've got to say, from a journalist's point of view, it's great stuff, though. It is. Oh, it's great stuff. It's, like, I mean, it's fascinating how, it it, like that, how yeah. it's going to play out on, uh, it is. on Wednesday night. I love how the players have almost leaned into it this year. I feel like there was a couple of years where it was just like, oh, don't say anything. Don't get, just yeah. don't. Well, I feel like they're kind of leaning into it. They a are. Yeah. Yes, they are. I'm just, I'm just hoping New South Wales work out how to play. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm worried. Is that, is that, sorry, is that a pause? Is there more to come? No, there's no. You know, because Queensland know how they're going to play. Billy Slater is like, he's an iconic yeah, I gotcha. coach. I got gotcha. you. Well, I'll tell you what gave me great faith and great confidence is that full time last week, Manly versus Canberra. Because the way Tommy. Nathan, the way, firstly, Nathan Clear is playing. Yep. But I, I just look at Latrell and Tommy and I look at those two players. It's a little bit like. During that era when there was Joey and Badiris, one of the things that gave me great confidence when they walked out onto the field was the back row. Kennedy, Rickardson, Fitzgibbon. And I go, I don't, if, I don't know if that combination can get beat. And I think the same about Latrell and Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah Tommy, that's, Tommy, that's not being talked about that much. Tommy uh, answered a lot of critics against Canberra. A you know what it was, Benny? I tell, tell you what it was. People Including going, me. People, people are going now, oh, you know, he's finally trusting his body. It's not that. What it is, and you see this with players coming back from new reconstructions, he's just gone, you know what? He's let go of the anxiety and said, if it's going to go, it's going to yeah. go. Yep. Yeah. That's what yeah. he's... Because I reckon happened. in that game against Canberra, you could see early on there, I thought he, he had a few hit-ups, 
one off the ruck, and yeah. I thought he looked tentative. Mm. And then he made a he made a run there right through the middle, and it, you could just went, oh, he's back there. Yeah. And then look what happened. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're right. He just has to get in the mind state. Mind state. If it's going to go, it's going to go. Gonna, yep. Because otherwise, you're just going to a hate playing footy. That's you never. But b you'll never be as good as you can be. No, that's right. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, God, we're making sense this morning. We Incredible. are. Incredible. <laughs> it's just, it's unnerving. <laughs> Don't but worry, we, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll all come undone soon. Well, enough. it's funny you say that. After the break, 10 minutes, smoking camp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and welcome back. Uh, we're going to uh, have a little discussion after this about uh, Manchester City and particularly the FA Cup final, which is coming up and hasn't the game, like the game, once upon a time when the FA Cup was like seriously one of the features of the world sport calendar. It would have been headlines around the world, but uh, it's time for 10 minutes, smoking camp. Dannon, firstly, mate, you uh, caught up with your uh, award-winning uh, podcast with players left, right and centre, and you caught up with the, one of the players making his origin debut on uh, next Wednesday. Yeah, caught up with Hudson Young, and his story hasn't been told yet. And I think that when the mainstream or when the public really do get to know the... I mean, talk when you talk about ups and downs, we're talking ups and downs from the age of 14. Some of it's self-inflicted, obviously. Mm. He made some poor decisions himself. But his story is absolutely incredible. I'm so happy that he gets to make his debut. And we always talk about Queenslanders being origin made. Oh, he's a Queensland origin made. I'd argue he is New South Wales origin made. So I cannot wait to see him next Wednesday. But uh, yeah, we talk about a lot of things, including what he thinks about the Blues. Did you have a funny email growing up like we all did? Yeah. Or your email? <laughs> it was something to do. With, I was a Billy Slater fan. So it was something, to, it was like, how do you. Slash Billy Slater or something. <laughs> <laughs> at live.com. Yeah, good. Hey, mate, that's better than mine. Mine was Sir Kempelot at hotmail.com. <laughs> that's funny. So you were a massive Slater fan going up. Yeah, I've still got a thing of him on my wall at home at, at Nen's house. So Far everything out. was Billy Slater when I was a kid. Were you a like an outside back growing up or just you yeah, just I've come Slater? through at the, in the halves and when I was younger than that, I was a fullback, so... Fullback. Yeah. Holy heckers. <laughs> Biggest fullback ever. So Billy the Kid, do you think he's the GOAT fullback? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mate. He One was of the GOAT just, slaves, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, when he came back after he was told basically he wasn't going to play again and then won a GF, you yeah. go on. Yeah, 2017. 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what was it feeling like playing against Slater? Did you I, get a chance? No, nah, I never got to play oh, against him. Out. Got to play against Smith and stuff like that, but yep. yeah, it would have been... Dream come true if I played against him. Oh, because what, you debuted 2019, okay. He retired 18? 18, yeah. 18? Um, do you have any, did you get to meet him at all growing up? Nah, uh, there was a time at Newcastle. Um, I think we played maybe a game before the Knights um, in a school footy game and um, mm. they come out to warm up and I remember just standing there just staring at him for ages. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when you're younger, you when you see like, the NRL players and that you're like that they're almost like a world away. Yeah. Like I could, how would I ever be that? Yeah, yeah. Easy to admire Billy Slater. That'll get me. In the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's true. I tell you, he's a uh, he's a terrific fella, Hudson. Uh, like I went to school in Maitland. Of course, Webby, you worked at the Mercury. He's a Maitland boy. Went to school there, etc. Says born and raised. One that the Knights let go again. But I've always watched him from afar, and he plays a game that's right on the edge. And I I had a certain perception of what he was like mm. until I met him when he came on the show one night and he was just fantastic. Yeah. Just a great He's a very, young bloke. very polite kid. 
I remember Very going down good. to uh, preseason the Raiders with you, and he came he straight away, came over and said hello. Very polite. Very oh, hey Matty, how are you going? Mm. So he's yeah on the field. You think, oh, this guy's a raging, you know, bull. Yeah. Well, That's speaking right. speaking of that, he he's actually so he got suspended for eye gouging, came back, got suspended for eye gouging again, yeah, yeah. and he started seeing a sports psychologist. And I just think that for him to get his mind frame in the basically, he gets to a point. And he has, in the last at least 24 months, hasn't gone over that that line. And I thought the weekend was a perfect example. Shouldered Schuster, not nah, that's just part of rugby league. Kepi comes over, pushes him, nothing happens. Then he gets sent for 10. I don't know why. Kepi runs after him, looking for a stink. Yeah. Hudson Young didn't even bat an eyelid. Mm. And so I love the fact that you've got a guy, and I'm, I'm not trying to disparage someone like Radley, but I feel like that's where Radley needs to yeah. get. Yeah. Where Hudson... Yeah. Do the same do things know, Hudson Young has done. Do you know with Victor, just on just on that, I was talking about this on Monday with Matty White. He he asked me the question, what would you say to Victor? And you're going, oh, Jesus. you know. Like, but what I would say to Victor is, uh, is with Victor, it's really he's got to stop listening to people hmm. saying how tough's Victor. You know, that's Victor. You know, Victor's a, Victor sails close to the wind. My advice I would say to Victor is, Victor, you are a really smart Intelligent, skillful footballer. Yeah. Let that other bloke go. Yeah. You know, don't listen to people. That that you know th- that's what that's what people might want. But just you don't have to give it to them. Mm. No headbutting. That's no, it. There, there um, was there was a moment in there was a moment in that um when uh, Hudson and the fight with Schuster and you saw Tommy Tom beeline straight to him, grabbed him, and you could just imagine him saying, "Mate, no, you, origin." He could. He actually they say grabbed him and was like cooling him down because. Yeah, on, yep. on that. On so how, so I interviewed Luai, Jerome Luai, uh, earlier this week. God, he's a good kid. He, he gets he the, really he, is. he gets the yep. worst. He is just remember people he, have got it so wrong with him. When he, he came into Fox, remember the, even the makeup girls yep. and the wardrobe girls said those guys, he and Tao, was so polite. You know who he reminds me of in terms of like the 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 dual perceptions of him, mm. the on field and the off field. Hodjo, Justin Hodges. Yeah. I always found Justin yeah. Hodges like he was the most annoying oh, player on the field. Guy. But off the field, the nicest bloke. I always Champion. love mm. spending time with Hodjo on, on tour. Um, but but Luai was saying to me like he's so – Hudson Young's the left-back rower basically. Um, so I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how that edge works with Luai, Hudson Young, Latrell. He – Hudson's built for state of origin, not just his uh, – not just his toughness, but made his fast feet – his endurance and his fast feet, because as the game starts, to, as the game starts to transpire, and the big blokes start to become defensive liabilities, him coming back through the middle with that shuffling style yeah. will be a huge handful. He, he yeah, people yeah. may not agree, but I he has similarities to Fafita, in my opinion. Now I think Fafita obviously is a, probably a little bit more explosive, yeah. but he's got maybe a little bit better ball playing than Fafita. Um, and he has, as you said, that fast feet. You can bring him in the middle for a quick play the ball if you want. I will say, an edge with a firing Luai, Young, Latrell, and the Fox, that's a scary, so scary sweeping edge. around the back. Oh, wow, um, that's a scary edge. I tell you what he can do. He can, when you need a try, he can find one. Mm. He's he just about it, yeah. the best back, best try scoring back rower I've seen in the last decade. It's all coming up New South Wales. Oh, <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is exciting. Do you guys know you've been favourites the last eight years in a row? Yeah, which I don't I get that. With, uh, look, with the 220. Don't the, stop baiting us. I didn't, I didn't say stop that. baiting us. I've honestly. Backs I, over feelings, guys. But so, I've honestly made mon- heaps of money out of backing. <laughs> <laughs> I have. And we've got him on the line, Andrew Johns. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. Oh, no, 
the thing though, like I do it with St George, Illawarra, yeah. in big games. It's like you want you if if I don't if I don't get the result I want the emotionally, hedge. I get the I, exactly yeah. I get the financial. Windfall. I can feel the spirit of Joey. Is this where he usually is? There's, 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 rage, there's rage coming inside of me. No, Joey's a punter. He'd get it. <laughs> By the way, Maestro, uh, nice chime in there with that uh, turn of phrase. Emotional hedging. That's why he's the sweet maestro. We'll take a break and he'll ta- Alex will take a lead after the break. We're going to talk about Manchester City. Yes, welcome back to the show at the top of the second hour, which is 10 o'clock, says radio talk there. Uh, State of origin preview we're going to do. And, uh, but I tell you what, Alex, heady times to be a Man City fan. They wrapped up the league through the week. Alex, just... They just stalked Arsenal mm. in the, over the last couple of months of the Premier League. They're a different level at the moment to anyone else in the Premier League. The best league in the world. And it is, objectively, My at word. the moment. Uh, and Man City are the best team in it. That's the reason they're the favourites to win the Champions League final against Inter Milan in a couple of weeks. And it's why they're the favourite to win the FA Cup final against Manchester United. Yeah, Champions League final, uh, 11th of June. dollar thirty favourites. Are they really? really Where's it at? Uh, t- Wembley. 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 Has, wow. has Inter Milan sorted out? Oh, no, the sorry. Of- the Champions League final is Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah. Oh, has yeah. Inter Milan sorted out their jersey sponsor? No. So they'll be going they're, into... They're going into a Champions League final without a jersey sponsor. Because so apparently a crypto company yeah, sponsored them. Yep. Collapsed. collapsed. Now they have no jersey sponsor. Jeez, there's a lot of that going on. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, is crypto a myth? No, I think crypto is real, but I think uh, there's a lot of people that were over. Hey, Alex, yes. is this the worst case of falling apart for Arsenal? Because oh. I, I was reading into it. They lost – they won two yeah. of their last seven. Yeah, they, they and fell then, off. But, and, but then Man City won 13 yeah. straight. So this is – you know, you're running away from the Terminator. It's yeah. just going to keep coming. Yeah. Someone oh, described like Man that. City as oh, the yeah. – wow. they're, they're the world record line. You know that the pace they're going to go, and you've got to be outstanding to keep – Ahead yeah, of them. Yeah, right. Um, Arsenal were way ahead of schedule. They've got a, a yeah. very young team. They're going to be back there again. I have no doubt about that. And Mikel Arteta is a very good manager. So running away from the Terminator. I tell you what, that's going to get a running print in the next few days. We did fever pitch last week in Movie the Way. And I was just thinking, going, oh, my God. Imagine these fans. Newcastle United under Keegan. Mm. You know, with uh, Ferdinand, Fastino, Spria, Ginola. They were so far ahead. And then... Mate, Man City, Ferguson, just like Darth Vader, just stalked them. Yep. And, mate, literally Keegan had a nervous breakdown. Yeah, right. He just they just <laughs> on air telling him, I'm a, I will love it when we beat them. I love it. And he's completely, oh, he's completely oh, wow. he's, he was going, mate, I love it. Because what Ferguson did, Ferguson, <laughs> who, were, who, who Newcastle United were about to play, Manchester City had played, mm. and Man City, and Man, sorry, Man Manchester United, United yep. and uh, Alex Ferguson after the game, criticised them and said, what that side did for their manager is a disgrace. Yep. If they don't aim up next week and they'll play in Newcastle. Right. And so, yeah, oh, after the game, man. he goes, what he did, what he did, what the things he said, I will love it. I'm going to love it when we beat them for the title. And unfortunately, they didn't. Oh, wow. there was, it was Stan four... Collymore, great goal in a 4-3 game four, at three. Anfield was just one of the best games ever. Now, I tell you what, but the but You're the, the Terminator. but the event <laughs> today, especially the event which has largely slipped under the radar. Third of June coming up, the FA Cup final, which was once 
just, I mean, it's just been overshadowed by, you know, how big the EPL's got, you know, how big the league and how big the Champions League's become. Man, the Manchester derby for the FA Cup final, Manchester City versus Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I mean, once upon a time, Alex, in every country in the world, it would be headline news. Mm. It's the like it's the ultimate FA Cup final, mm. and this one's even bigger because Manchester City are going for the treble. But you're right, a bit of the shine of the cup's gone off. I, I'm not mm. really sure why that is. I think the Premier League's taken so much precedence, and um, mm. I think there's so much value laid on it because of those Champions League spots and how important they are for the big clubs. So mm. winning that monetarily is so important. You have to be in the top four if you're going to be going for titles in the next three, four, five years and potentially winning the Champions League, which gives you even more money. Yeah, yeah. So clubs are prioritising the league and the European Cup more, which is to the detriment of the FA Cup. I got a theory. Rivalries aren't as crazy as they used to be because all the players know each other now in yep. social media. And mm-hmm. and absolutely. And, and the, the other one and the, the other one too transient. is sports is more because, transient too. It's because mm. if you look at Liverpool, you got players from Brazil, mm. Africa, yeah, yeah. England, all over. And there's so many transfers taking place, it mm. doesn't have that same tribalism. Mm. Mm. Uh, text message coming through. Alex is Pep Guardiola, the greatest manager in the last 50 years of football? Mm. In terms of being able to change the game and the way it's played, I'd probably say that that edges him ahead of people like Sir Alex Ferguson, um, particularly at club level. I'm I'm just trying to go back and think. Louis van Gaal did great things for for teams like Bayern Munich Young. and Ajax. Um, Cruyff was a Cruyff, great manager. Cruyff was a great manager at Barcelona. He's probably Guardiola's predecessor. But if you if you sort of time it out linear in terms of timings and how everything's evolving, yeah, Pep's probably the best of the it, last fifty years. He's the furthest ahead of the next yes. best, if you know what I mean. What's his coaching style? He's on Ted Lasso this. He made a cameo on yeah. Ted Lasso this week. We're going to be quick, he, but um, okay. yeah, he's. He's intense, Is and he? he's, a, he's a guy that people get worn of, um, but he's someone that has a, a great camaraderie with his players, and yeah. um, the man management side is just as important as yeah. all the crazy... That's what sets him apart from Mourinho. Well, that's, what, that's why I said well, to Ted Lasso, yeah. Ted, we've got to make them better people. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, as I said, top of the second hour, State of Origin. Yes, welcome back. And top of the third hour, 11 o'clock, you get more radio talk. Sorry, guys. Uh, get out tight and bright and make it uh, punchy. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a health check as we go. We're in halfway through the season. Just what's going to happen, our predictions around the back half of the year, how sides and people are travelling, coaches under pressure, all that sort of stuff. But uh, state of origin, one, next Wednesday, Adelaide Oval. Jeez, um, um, boys... I read a report yesterday. They're saying that it's fair chance that it won't be sold out. I mean, again, I come back to the point. Uh, look, I, I love to grow the game, but I, I, in my opinion, you take it somewhere where you say, are, are they going to have an NRL team in the next ten years? And I just, I don't agree with Adelaide. Either do I. Well, I look. Oh, this is not confirmed, but I got sent pictures of that. Apparently, the marketing campaign was. Real footy will be here soon. That's yes. exactly what the campaign was. I cannot and it went believe. Down poorly. Like, why would you? It's like AFL trying to come into Queensland yeah. or Brisbane and saying real footy. Everyone get their backups in. We've oh, got to yeah. be. We've got to be complimentary of AFL. Be like, yeah, that's good. But why don't you give this a try? Just go. State of Origin football's coming. That's it. And, and, you, and that's... there's one thing AFL people hate: it's being 
they've got the biggest chip on their shoulder than any sport. And Adelaide, like Adelaide, it's even bigger in Adelaide than it is in Melbourne. But like real like footy will be here yeah. soon. It's like a oh. we're so far behind AFL, it's crazy. It's almost like why would we even say that? But Silly. B, you're trying to get the locals who love AFL to come watch the game. Why would you? It's all thing, money. It's all they, get, they just all they want is the is state government money. See so the other thing, and it, it was a deal done like uh, pre-COVID. Um, Remember we had played one 2020, the yep. first game, with the first game, yeah? Yep. Yeah, the yes. first game. That was Boyd's last game of football. Mm. Um, uh, but it was all part of a of a of, of playing matches there. And they got, I think they I think they always talk about getting about three million, I think, in origin. You know what? I just, you know, sometimes you just, for the contest, like you, you compare what it's going to be there in game one. I, I don't want to poo-poo because at the end of the day, rugby league is a television sport. I get that. But those games at Suncorp Stadium, like honestly, <laughs> if you compare it to any event, just the the atmosphere, the hostility. I tell you what, I'd just, like to see. Yeah. I know, I know, I'd be locking out thirty thousand fans, but I'd love to see an Origin at Allianz. I love it. Be sensational. Yeah. Now, mate, I've written the telly today just about Tavita and the selection. I reckon he'd be wise not to buy into a lot of the commentary around his selection. You know, there's stuff at the moment. They're saying Rudder, he's been brought in to intimidate to give Queensland some of their own back. I just think for blokes like Tavita, this is a, this kind of commentary and this kind of expectation to do it is a really dangerous cocktail. Your thoughts on it? Oh, mate, I absolutely agree. I absolutely, like, if I'm speaking to Tavita Panga Jr., I would be saying, put the ego away, mate. No, we don't want any ego on the field. I just want you to run as hard as you can 10 times yep. and tackle your ass off. The offloads, they'll come either late in game one or game two or game three. We can see all that. Yeah. All I want you to do is bend the line and tuck yeah. your ass off. Well, I'll tell you, Kempi, there, there's history of this before happening, a uh, couple of moments of it. But the biggest one was 1991 with MG, with Mark Geyer, mm-hmm. and he tells the whole story about it. He was picked in game one. Uh, the, the selectors never everyone come to the conclusion that the Queensland pack outmuscled them. Selectors called him in and said, you know, where's the effect of, hey, big fella, you didn't get basically the tip while you're in the team. Mm. Mate, in game two, this is what we want from you. Mm. Where's the effect of, and he said, are you telling me that I can operate outside the outside the boundaries? Mm. And they're like, yes. To the point that MG was under the impression, mate, number one, you won't be sent off, which he didn't, mm. but number two, don't worry about it, you, you won't be suspended. So he went out there, and as history shows, we showed some of the highlights last night. Well, he just went crazy. Well, it was that elbow. Remember the, the elbow? elbow. And the, he just missed Paul Hoff. He just missed him, but that's what sparked up Wally. But, did. I, but didn't he, he got suspended out of that game. Now, but yes. I, me, I remember, I remember though, I, I, this shows you how things have changed. So the game was on the Wednesday night. The, the judiciary hearing was on the Friday night, yeah, right. of all things. And I remember in the coverage watching a Broncos game on that Friday night and they announced it over the loudspeaker at Lang Park. Wow. Oh, wow. That's theatre, isn't it? <laughs> or well, it might have been QE2, but they, they, they announced it and there's this massive cheer from the Broncos well, Queensland crowd. Now, it's like, you you could cool. argue, you say, okay, you know, it, it did the job. But New South Wales score on the bell, Michael O'Connor kicks it from the sideline and they win. But right, with MG's case, he gets hit with five or six charges he has a long suspension and he never plays state or origin football again. Mm. And if Tavita, you know, if he if he goes out and does anything even close to that, he'll get sent off. Right? Yeah. And, you know, if, if Tavita goes out there, and my fear with Tavita is that in his mind, 
there's an expectation. You touched on it before, Campy. There's an expectation. This is gonna what? This is what they're gonna expect me to do. This is what I've got to do. Mm. And mate, and Queensland will bait him. Well, they'll, they'll lay it out for him. It's it, you know he doesn't need to reach for the illegal stuff to have a great performance, hundred percent, and to be an enforcer, hundred percent. I and look, I, I this is just an assumption, pure speculation. But I actually think that the calculation to not bring Gagai in, it counted that he got sent for 10 last year. I, I don't think – that's not that's not a very – I don't think Billy is, I guess, pro – oh, it was worth it to lose a man. We all know the storm, a clinical, no send-offs, discipline. And so with, with Tavita, if he does get sent for 10, he may not get selected again because it is yeah, such a risk. That's, it is. You know, when, when we talk about key matchups, a lot's been – Spoken about, you know, Tavita versus Flegler and so on and so forth. The biggest matchup for me is Nathan Cleary's kicking versus Reese Walsh. Yep. Mm. Oh, that's that's a huge challenge for Reese. I, I think Billy, Billy, of course, would not pick him if he had great confidence, if he didn't have great confidence in him. I think Billy sees a fair bit of Reese Walsh in himself. Yeah. Do you think that? Oh, like just the way he moves, yeah, the way he plays. Way they run. I also think that Reese Walsh's extreme fitness, like they would look into everything. How much Casey covers in a game. And I think that with Cleary's kicking game, as you said, obviously you've got the high ball that you've got to worry about, but it's also the kicks into the corners. Yeah. It's also the fact that with Kalen Ponga, would he start cramping at 60 minutes? Like he's only played three games. Yeah, that's. You know. were you, were you, but boys, were you surprised when the side was read out? And there was no gay guy, and there was no ponger. Oh, look, the ponger one, I saw, I was very surprised, but I get it. Yeah, that I was, I was stunned by the by gay guy not being selected. I, I was, yeah, I was shocked as well. I would have gone Hamiso on the wing, but I think with the gay guy one, when you go back and look at two thousand and twenty-one, I think he did get a number done on him by, was it Trell? Or was it Tommy? Anyway, it was Latrell. Yeah, they were, they were at each other all that series. Remember? Yeah, and Trell played essentially. He was essentially the player of the series. I know yeah. Tommy got it, but I personally thought Trell yeah, was. Can I just say this then, Dan? I tell you what, I did think was really disrespectful was that about three or four days before uh, the selections, it came out. It was in new, in, in numerous um, media outlets that Gagai was not going to be picked. Now, number one, I just didn't believe it. And one of the reasons was how he's aimed up. Regardless of your club for him, he's always, in my opinion, always aimed up. Mm. Man of the matches, two, two player of the series on the wing of all positions. But I just didn't believe it because I thought there's no one, given what he's done for that jersey, yep. there is no way that someone would leak that. Yeah. That someone had. Yeah, oh. that, that's the thing that I thought I found really disrespectful. Yeah, I mate totally agree. He deserved better than that. And whoever that, yeah, it's just poor form. Like, Shocking. Like to to for him to kind of find that out and then not get selected. For him to then feel like he's almost been a bit betrayed. Yeah. Um, how it's all been handled. So I agree with you, mate. That's extremely poor form. Where'd but be? imagine if that was New South Wales. Oh, We'd yes. be howling from the rooftops about it. What about Nico Hines? Where'd we trust he, how. How are they? How are they going to get Nico into the game? Because, I don't know. I was going to ask you that. I've written yeah, it down. How well, they get him in the game. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, it's strange. In, in his preferred positions, one, one, seven, and six, you just go. Well, I think how he gets into the game, if they look on the field and say it's either injury or the fact that they go, mate, Appy's starting to gas. We need to give him a break for fifteen minutes. At that point, I would put him into left playmaker, and I'd put Jerome in at nine. I think they Jerome, might have to. That's, I, that's I think Jerome's a bit of, yeah, more that's, suited. That's going to be getting a bit of traction the last couple of days. I found like the the, the big selection was, um, you know, I was sort of working on Sunday and we were trying to find out 
you know, you find you can find out who's coming to camp because they've got to, they're notified by their clubs. And we're South are going no, we're no nothing, nothing, nothing about Cook, nothing about Cook. So I found that to be the real selection mm. shock. Everyone just sort of believed that Cook was going to go in there. But if you're going to pick Coruscant, do you not go with Cook on the bench? Do you not mm. follow the blueprint that? Queensland have used. Oh, and I don't, I just, what do you think of that? I just don't think they complement each other the way Hunt and uh, Harry Grant, Grant do. You're right. Mm. I, I don't. I just the thing. Put it this way: I think if you want better attack, you go with Appy. If you want better defence, you go with Cookie. The numbers play that out every day of the week. Yeah. The the one thing that does surprise me, even though I'm happy with his selection, the one thing that does surprise me was the the line of he has played with Luai and Cleary and Yo. Your record win was with Cook. Cleary, mm. Yo, Luai. Yeah, yeah. And so that idea that he can't play well with them or doesn't have a connection to them, I'm just a bit surprised you're, with that. You're right, Kempi, on, on the fact with Harry Grant. Harry's got – I think Harry's got more flexibility as far as style's concerned than mm. Cookie. Mm. For Cookie, Cookie's an, either a feed, feed player early or scoop and go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's where you can see with Grant, Grant's out there and he'd be able to look and adjust you know, certain different ways. There was there was a report coming out, or maybe Cam Murray said that he might even play hooker. What's that? I didn't is that, that just is that nah. just there was smoke? report. I, I think no, I, I heard. Um, but Hines said uh, Nico was funny. He goes, he said, "Well, if I am going to play, I might hurt my back a little bit." <laughs> That's it. Well, it's a long way to get down. That, if he I'm, hasn't got that body type. No, if I am New South Wales, though, I just would have, and they probably would have. I would have just watched a bunch of Storm games when he was playing fourteen and said, "How did Craig Bellamy use him?" Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I, that's how I think they'll use him. But yeah. you see, like Coruscant's like. Like, when was the last time Coruscant played eighty? Coruscant played eighty minutes. Well, he, I think he played eighty against the Tigers, and Did then he? after that, it's like 66, 66, yeah. 70. The problem is, though, I think he hasn't missed. He's made thirty-five tackles, and he misses usually around five to six a game. Whereas Cookie has made the most tackles in the NRL, and he is at a ninety-five to ninety-six uh, percent defensive. N- there's no doubt Coruscant's selection was about Nathan Cleary. Mm. That's what it is, and the reason why. In my opinion, they've now. I'm not even going to say my opinion. The reason why they've picked him there is that Nathan. Okay, if you talk about playmakers, the three elements, basic elements of playmaking: pass, kick, run. Now with Nathan, the pass and kick, that's that's what he's the master of. That that's his. If there's one element in his game that subsides or even at times disappears, is his run game. What Coruscant does with his playmakers, Coruscant's style. He just he leads the players onto the ball. The playmakers have no choice but to run onto the mm. football and play straight. Mm. And you see the difference that he's made with Brooksy mm. like that way. And the difference even with Wakeham. Mm. Once they've got used to Appy's style, and there's a there's a great moment that highlights it with about 20, 15, 20 to go in the Tigers game when they beat the Cowboys. And the momentum's starting to kick in. And Coruscant looks to the left, and Brooks is only he's only one meter off the advantage line. But Abby, Garrett, you can see him get frustrated, and he's waving him forward. Mm, yeah. That's that's what he does. It's all about getting Nathan to run the football. And when okay. he does run the football, like he did against the Broncos, that's wow. Good, yeah. That's he's when he Just, runs the football, he goes straight, and at least yeah, it gives him puts himself in an opportunity to run the football. That's when you see the yeah. best of him. Yeah. Cleary uh, is surprisingly robust too. Very yes, he is. You know, he's he can shoot shot in defence, but also he is. I'm trying to think. He's probably outside of Jerome Hughes, but I'd argue he's actually bigger than Jerome Hughes. He's actually in contact. Probably as strong as a good set, a solid centre, yeah. which is good for obviously yeah. seven. Right, who wins, boys? Queensland sixteen twelve. 
Okay. Man of the match, Paddy Carrigan. Right, yeah. That's specific. Very. Someone's thought about it. I, I, I need a margin. I'll say New South Wales two. Okay. I've, I've, I've tipped Queensland for the series. I reckon Sydney will be a dead rubber. Yeah, right. Oh, you hate oh. No, 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 mate. I hate it. I'm coming. Th- um, this is purely not yeah. the hard. I've, <laughs> I've, I've gone New South Wales by four points. The conditions when we come back to Adelaide again, one of the other reasons I'm not red hot on Adelaide, Adelaide's a really tricky place to play. Mm. You know, it's, it's, Have you played it's, there? It's slippery. Yes, oh, way, way, yeah, way back. But it's, it's, the ball doesn't hit the hands like it does in the northern states. And, you know, people that's, say that's a nothing thing, but it's a big thing, which to me tells me it's going to be a low-scoring game. You know, Adelaide Oval suits defence. So I think it'll be low-scoring. New South Wales by four. Man of the match, I'm going Nathan Cleary. If New South Wales win, I'd be gobsmacked if Nathan Cleary doesn't get man of the match. I'm going, if New South Wales win the series, Payne has to get player of the series. Yeah, mate, I'll tell you what. I reckon he's ready yeah. for a massive one. Came into the New South Wales side maybe a little bit too early, I think. I think he was physically ready for it. I just don't know if he's ready for the big stage. I think he's got a point to prove. I think so as well. He's having a good season. We'll take a break. Movie of the Week next. Yes, and welcome back to the show. It is time for Movie of the Week. Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to return now, no Liam Alexander today. How dare he's in State of Origin camp oh, playing a, drones. It's just us. Liam's not here. Oh. So producer Ben Hogarth will take the reins. And he's chosen one of the very best films in cinema history, in uh, our opinion. Scorsese's Goodfellas. You're a pussy. It's really funny. It's really funny. Uh, what do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. What do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you're just funny. It's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? Just, what? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? man, let me understand this, because I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Get out of here, to Tommy. <laughs> I almost had him. I almost had him. You got a stuttering prick yet? Funny, was he shaking? <laughs> Sometimes, Henry, you may fold under questioning. Oh, man. Just one of the great scenes. Uh, gentlemen, uh, at this point, I usually go, Liam Alexander, Liam welcome. Alexander. Uh, Prince of Pen of the Hills, uh, welcome. Liam is not happy with me doing this film because this Without is. Without him. Yeah, because this is. He's a diehard Scorsese fan, our man Liam, and this is one of. If not his greatest, people argue this is his greatest. This is his opus. Mm. Uh, of course, the, the story of Henry Hill and um, the, uh, the 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 crime family that he's involved in, and you know the mafia and all its glory, mate. Okay, gentlemen, off the top, Godfather or Goodfellas, <sighs> which wins? Oh, we're talking about between we're talking your mother and father. Well, it's funny. So Roger Ebert, he said it's better than Godfather. I agree with him. I think Ooh. I think it's punchier. Nah, I, I think... I'm a I'm a Godfather one and two because 
The Godfather films is how we like to see the mafia, mm-hmm. like in this glorious. I think Goodfellas is how it actually is, which is yeah. kind of nasty. Yeah, I like I like Goodfellas. Well, I just nasty. think it's I just think it's punchier. Um, They're different. Yeah. It's They're good, much well, different. It's, I, there's a difference between Francis Ford Coppola and Scorsese. Scorsese's like he likes to get in the gutter. Mm. Now this, the, what amazed me, from in, such an incredible movie, cost twenty five million to make, made forty seven million. I saw that. It's one of those movies you go. Why? Surely it made at least two hundred million. Exactly. Yeah, but I think it would have been R rated at the cinemas. So oh, that's a, that's a death blow in America. Which, yeah, it would have made a, is, a mozza. On the uh, DVD run, though, surely. Yeah, it's the, the, the streaming yeah. everything. Rewatch, rewatchable factor. Yeah, and the cult. This is this is what every teenage boy like that. This and Scarface are the two crime movies you watch as a teenager. In, in this, this genre, I think that when you talk, people oftentimes refer to uh, Joe Pesci, of course, De Niro. I think Ray Liotta is just. One of the greatest oh, actors in yeah. this genre of movie, and you, and you always talk about people always go, oh, Pesci, you know, Pesci won an Oscar for this, and but oh, Pesci's amazing, or De Niro, oh my god, it's great. Ray Liotta carries this film, and he he's almost like third billing on it, and he is so brilliant. Yeah, he's in a it. central character. He's a central character, and he but the it just you just get enveloped in him, and he is so good. And I just you know he's passed away now. You just don't think that he got the piece kudos. Yeah, I, piece. yeah, I agree. He didn't get the like kind of praise because he never put in a performance where he didn't steal the screen, like steal yeah. the screen. Every Probably time he was yeah. in a, a scene, he didn't walk away looking like oh that's not kind of memorable. Every scene he was in, you were like that's an intense. That's but you know what you know I love about um, Goodfellas, and it's like I love gangster movies. Uh, but I, what I love about it is that it just shows you that eventually you lose in the end. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it all yeah. unravels in the end, it's, it's particularly like, yeah. when he was coked off his brain, Spoiler alert. driving around, yeah. <laughs> dri- yeah. driving yeah. around, driving around, and he's like he's paranoid about the co- about the helicopters and the cop cars, and he's yep. crime running. movies and drug movies. <laughs> yes, always do. Isn't it? It's like yes. movies like Blow, where you're watching the start and you're going, "Oh my god, uh, what a life!" And at the end you go, "Oh my god, no, <laughs> what a yeah, life!" It's all yeah, but they, but at, the, at the end when it's like, "Oh, what a life!" It's always like. Like you're living in the suburbs, eating tomato sauce, and, and you're like, "That's my life." <laughs> <laughs> He's living in Penrith. But you know, also like Joe Pesci was so so good in it. Um, the, but the the other thing I really like about it is the crossover between Goodfellas and The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so you've got ma- the same guys well, in it. Well, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a massive was a massive Sopranos fan. There's 27 actors appeared in both. You, you, yeah. you know what? Wow. Actors. So, so the lead. So there was uh, Lorraine Bracco who played Karen, the 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 girlfriend and then wife, and then Doctor Melfi, Michael Imperioli who played Spider, who got shot by Joe Pesci, yep. uh, and Christopher Molisanti and Tony Sirico, yeah. Paulie yeah. Walnuts. Yeah. You know what I always wonder is like when you're an actor and you get to play this almost fantasy of every man. How do you snap out of that? Oh, yeah. It gets under the skin. Oh, like as you're walking around like the big tough guy, no one can mess with you. And then let's say that, you know, shooting ends, you go out and have a few beers or something. Do you still have that in you? Do you know what's funny, Dan? Because they say you're crime journalists a lot. Then suddenly, now they reckon sometimes start to morph. Yeah, yeah, you wow. see that in America, they start to morph, and that that becomes their circle. Well, yeah, well, yeah. You, you, would say, and... you would say De Niro is like that. Like he, you know, his first great performance that no one remembers is Godfather Part Two. He was Vito Corleone, like he, the, then, the the role that everyone went bang, Academy yeah. Award, best act, best supporting actor. But then, was that. but then 
he's slowly becoming a parody of himself. Yeah. Mm. Didn't he? Yeah. Like he's yeah. started... Anal analyse this or analyse yes. that. I also wonder just how the mob, like I know the mob, are, like the, the, the New York Post used to run stories about this all the time. The, they loved The Sopranos because it was so, it reflected reality. I often wonder what they think of Scorsese and De Niro and Pesci and their, well, and a, their depiction of the, of the mob. There's a YouTube channel, I think his name's Michael Francis, and he's actually a former mobster turned clean or whatever and he does that what he does is he reviews his gangster movies and says this is right this is not right oh fantastic yeah he's yeah, Michael wow. Franzi Francis or any Franzi. trivia yeah well he said this? on what Webby was saying like Scorsese said that the movie when they were making it, it was like just making a home video with mobsters like because it was so these are the little moments this is what was happening it wasn't these big overarching storylines of you know wax and everything that the Irishman kind of gets into this is just yeah. hey this is yeah. what mobsters do and one of the things I liked was obviously the the really graphic um, scene in the film is when um, Joe Pesci's character kills um, bats uh, you know yeah Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Stab, stabs him in the back of a car and they, and they bury him. He finally gets whacked for it. But um, so Frank Vincent and Joe Pesci actually started off in the 60s as a comedy duo, right? Wow. And so that's so they, they've been made since the late 60s. And then De Niro saw them and goes, oh, they're pretty good. Therefore, Scorsese found out. And then they've exploded Boy, those two guys. But when yeah, Joe they whack Pesci each other get, in three when, different movies. When he gets... When he gets whacked, off. Off yeah, whacked, <laughs> killed. Um, in like when Joe, like you can't, you don't see that coming. I nah. reckon when you watch it the first time, you don't see it coming. But as soon as he walks through the door and it's an empty room, and he goes, oh, oh and then you just, yeah. well, you must imagine that must like be the, what, like must the that's Irishman. what it's like if, to yeah. get whacked. Well, like that Michael Frenzy's dude on YouTube literally talks about a moment that happened like that in his life because he was a made man in the mafia. Talks about walking into a room and realizing, oh, I'm I'm not going to come out of here. But he he did come out, but he talks about it anyway. Because because mm. Frank Vincent gets his own back because he he's the one that beats Pesci to death in Casino with a baseball bat. Mm. That's right. So the whack is reversed. The whack off. The whack off is reversed. Yeah, in, so they, in Casino. they whack each other. Which. Like, whack off yeah, wins. Like, there's a lot of whacking going uh, there's, on. There's a lot. There's a lot of violence in the school scene. There's a lot of day. violence in Goodfellas. But I tell you what. That baseball bat scene in Casino is, oh, oh is that's this, hard to watch. Webby, Denon, is this, in fact, Scorsese's apex? Oh, no. Yeah. Got, I, I, I do love it, but oh, wow, I was a raging bull fan. Mm. Mm. Well, we're going to do that. After the break, we're going to do our top three, each of us Scorsese, De Niro films, because what a combination. Yep. One of the great, probably the greatest combination of director actor of all time 100 out of 100 guys 100 easy 100 99 98 oh. <laughs> <laughs> right now what we're going to do after the break as i said we're going to do the top three scorsese de niro films but we're also going to preview a film which is about to be released which may well end up being scorsese's and de niro's and Leonardo DiCaprio, it's easy for you to say, Apex. Stay with us if you're game. Yes, and uh, coming up pretty soon, about five, six, seven minutes' time, predictions of a rugby league half-wit. Interested to see how Ben went last weekend. Since we started the challenges, he's really fallen a heap. But off the back of uh, Goodfellas, Ben, there's a Scorsese, De Niro, DiCaprio film about to be released, which is set to be classed 
as an iconic one. Well, if Lamb doesn't hate us to talk about Goodfellas, this is going to really hurt him because we've been talking about this film for probably five years since we read the book. Killers of the Flower Moon um, will come out in October. It just premiered at Cannes. Um, De Niro, obviously Scorsese directed it, De Niro, DiCaprio. It's based on the book, uh, true story about the series of murders in Osage Territory in Oklahoma, the 1920s. Osage is the um, were the the Indians in the area that were given the land uh, in the in the 19th century. Of course, 40 years later, they find oil, oil under it. The Osage Indians became the richest pe- people per capita in the world at the time. So you could imagine the system around this small group of Indigenous Americans that were being plundered for everything that eventually turns into serial murder by a group of people. They start knocking them off for money and land. This is the first time that the FBI was ever caught into a cross-border national investigation into um, these crimes. And they bring in Texas Rangers and all this stuff. It's fantastic looking. The trailer came out, the reports... From the premiere is this film is a masterpiece, an epic, and Scorsese and the actor's best. Um, wow. saying that now. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. There you go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Awesome. So you can imagine Liam oh, and I are very God. excited over the past week. <laughs> wow. Oh, who wrote, yeah. Just quickly, who was the author of the book? Uh, David Gran, who famous for writing Lost City of Z, which you may have, yeah. there's a movie based on that. Underrated film. Great, yep, great film, <laughs> great book. He then wrote Kills of the Flower Moon. It was picked up by Scorsese and DiCaprio before it got released, and he's just finished a new book. It's just been released called The Wager, which is about a shipwreck mutiny story of the um, 18th century. So is this Ooh. on um, Apple? Yeah. This movie will go to Apple. So it'll, it'll, come be, out, it'll, be, it'll be, be in theatres for, I think, a three-week run. And then on Apple. And then in Apple. How, how times have changed. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just it's something special about going to the cinema. Though. But this, is, this, is, this is. film has taken Scorsese, I think it's been like 18 months to edit. Oh, and it is a whopper. Wow. This is over three hours. A I love it. I love it. People are going, oh, it's all too the, long. No. All these movies are over It's three never hours. too long when you've got the, this group of people like, together also, with a great story. Too long. What do you got to get to? Who are yeah. you? I am with yeah, you. Exactly. People will sit there and watch a two-hour last episode of The Bachelor and still be going, oh, I want more of that oh, crap. I, I, I love This is a three-hour movie. You're all in straight yeah. away. It's got story. I love McDonald's, but there's nothing like going to a nice Italian restaurant and just sitting there for an hour. Yeah. Just plying yourself with red wine. Anyway, what time is it? <laughs> that was an interesting analogy. It was. You wouldn't, be having, was. To, you wouldn't be having to visit a nice restaurant later, would you? Uh, <laughs> oh, look, mate, I'm Barry the Battler. I just don't, I don't sort of hang out in those sort of places on my Scotty Cam. Um, now, boys... Our top three, Ben, you lead off. Your top three Scorsese, De Niro films. And this uh, is just personal opinion. opinion yeah. Of course. No, um, no right or wrong answer. Don't take offence, anyone. Yeah, exactly. I, it's, it's my favourite De Niro film. It's my favourite Scorsese film. It's 1976. Taxi Driver is my number one. It cannot be, it cannot be beaten. It is a masterpiece of cinema, mm. dare I say it. Um, my number two is Goodfellas. Um, once again, those those two together was just phenomenal. And then uh, Raging Bull's my number three. Mm. Like from a you know, it's Do you know, it's, yeah. I watched. Um, I, ca- I I I record these old boxing shows to get then show some of the greatest fights of all time, and it showed the the fights between Jake LaMotta and Sugar Ray Robinson. Mm. Oh my God, 
It's just unbelievable. Brutal. Incredible. And, and he was interviewed not long not long before he passed. Rest in peace, old mate. And Jake LaMotta. And he was, he was clear as a bell. Was he really? Yeah, he was just like, he, he was, yeah, no slurring. He was clear as I a bell. I wonder whether, back in those days, and it, it could be totally wrong, but does the increased amount of training, is that where the trauma comes from? Whereas back in those days, some of those fighters, it was more, mm. yeah, they trained and they sparred. But yeah. it's actually the fights where they just let everything go. It, oh, they not, also boxed a lot. Yeah. They fought a lot. But, they but fought a lot more it, regularly. You know, yeah. I mean, they, for sure, for sure. But it's like, for example, league players now, they train way more and there's way more contact during the week than they used to yeah. be, yeah. you know, 20 years yeah. ago. Well, they're trying to but, cut till, that back a bit. Until they used to do, they, you know, like people get the pick now that the fighters, they, they, they argue over this, is that the foam or the horse hair. And back in the day, it was always horsehair, gloves, and it, they would manoeuvre it around. So Ooh. it was like oh. bare knuckle. Oh. Like, and you, <laughs> mate, you watch Shate LaMotta and Sugar Robinson, they just stand sometimes for rounds at a time, toe to toe, just punching. Just, it's just. And the amazing. way that Scorsese put that Captures in the film, like, like the cuts on the eyebrows and the blood splatter. You didn't put me down, Ray. <laughs> you didn't put me down. Unbelievable. Uh, what are you, Denon? Uh, I am going to go Casino, Goodfellas, and The Irishman. Fantastic. Play. Irishman is such a great film. I loved it. Talking about something getting whacked where you don't know. and then... Don't know what's going on. And I just I love the fact that I think it debuted on Netflix. Yep. And just to be able to sit back in your own lounge room and just in just in, I guess, envelop yourself in that world. It was so yeah, well done. I didn't done. know where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back. And... Georgie, I leave you for one minute and you treat yourself like an amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> where are you, Weber? Uh, one, Raging Bull. Two, Taxi Driver. Three, Goodfellas. I've gone uh, three, Taxi Driver. Two, Casino. Number one. Raging Bull, which Pesci's fantastic in that too, isn't he? Yeah. But I mean, it says a lot. You can't when you, when you can't fit King of Comedy or Cape Fear into oh, a no. list. That's a great film. Cape They're Fear. also he's got he's a, he's done he's done all right, old Martin, hasn't he? No, he has. Mm. He's Marty. Some, made some good ones. Mm. Marty Marty. If I was a critic, I'd say what a body of work. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a break. Predictions are rubbishly halfway next. Yeah, welcome back to the show. A little bit later, Jack John is going to join us for Sound Advice, uh, talking about the music, the songs, and the life of Tina Turner. But it's time for predictions of a rugby league halfwit. Okay, this, this is how it rolls each week. Uh, Benny Hogarth makes three bold predictions. Each of us, uh, or one of us, acts as a challenger. If Ben gets two or three out of three, he wins. If he gets zero or one, the challenger wins. In week one, I challenged uh, for a bottle of whiskey uh, and was victorious. Drank it all in one go. Uh, <laughs> did my wife. Uh, yeah. Last week, uh, Webby challenged for, for, lunch. for lunch. Ben, we're having lunch Today, it's yep. just a matter of uh, who pays out of you two blokes. How'd you go? Mate, I went, uh, I said the Knights over the Sharks. Zero. Zero. Okay, zero. But then, but then I went to the eighth wonder of the world, Leichhardt, mm. and I said the Tigers would beat the Cowboys. Yep. But what? Didn't you say 13? Didn't you say? Okay. No, nah, we're not going to go into okay. what I said after. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Can, I just, can I just say that <laughs> I've, been, I've been married now for nearly a decade and I've never seen my wife happier 
really? than when she watched her Tigers get up over the Cowboys. She was ben. taking photos of the TV. <laughs> ben, ben, can I, okay, that says a lot about your marriage. And my, and that, my, and my the highlight of her prowess. last decade was the Tigers having a win over the Cowboys. Ben, I had to stop and rewind, rewind the scoreboard being changed to 66. She's like, no, 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 stop, stop. I need to film it. I need to film it. To put it on her Instagram because she was so excited about her. It was almost like one of those I'll have what she's having moments. Yeah. Um, You are no Rudolph Valentino. And then then I tossed it up stupidly. Well, you guys shorted me on this. I tossed it up. I said either the Raiders will win 13 plus or if you want to go crazy, I said Manly would beat the Raiders. And you but went. You can't do both. Oh, well, I know. I, it was an emotional yeah. hedge. Emotional hedge. Um, <laughs> and of course, Manly gave it to that useless faders so, down there in Canberra. And, uh, so you were yeah. super wrong then because you tried to hedge and still got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. So, on, uh, so one on out the, of three. Uh, oh, you know what? But I, you know, when, when Manly won, I was very excited. <laughs> so I I'll was be, uh, very I'll excited. I'll be reaching for the Henschke this afternoon. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a bit of Japanese. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I. Mate, well, yeah, I've actually made a booking, a booking for us today at Nobu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. You so, little you know, Isn't Nobu owned by De Niro? He is too. He is too. And we'll Robert is facts. going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> right, Denon's turn. Denon, you're the challenger. Now, Ben, oh, okay. what's yep. going to be at stake? I, I would, if I win this bet... I would like a full bloke oh, God, in the thanks. bar tracksuit for the colder winter months. Can you provide that? I can. We don't. We're not doing pants this year, uh, but we are doing sloppy, a sloppy Joe sloppy and a hoodie. Joe? So I'll get you a sloppy yeah. Joe and a hoodie. Who, who, who needs pants? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. And vice well, versa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and vice and versa. I will get you this T-shirt. What? <laughs> that I'm wearing. We're talking about bloke merch here. Mate, this is a Gordon Tallis. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not that one due to your body tenure. But uh, look at it; it's got Gordy on about it. That and one of the other players as well. Done. You okay. can choose between. We've got Brandy, yeah, Maddie Johns, yeah, it's a, it's a, probably and Jeff have to do that one, and Jeff <laughs> and Jeff Tuvey. Okay, I'll choose. I won't put my choice out now. Yeah, okay. There you Just, go. That's too polite. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ben. What okay. do you got for us? And Alex yep. is the. He will be the adjudicator. If t- okay. If enough. Can we call them the Baby Broncos now that all the Origin stars are out? Yeah, let's do can. it. The yep. Baby Broncos will go over to New Zealand. But it's actually not the Baby Broncos because Jensen's older, Tapa was older. Oh, so it's actually yeah. the old Broncos replacing okay. the Baby Broncos. Yeah. The old Broncos will go over to New Zealand and they're going to put one on the Warriors. Okay. okay. I'll accept that. Yeah, do you accept more than that? Accepting of that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Very That's accepting. One. Okay, well, you be accepting. Um, <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack Wyden, I reckon, yeah, Latrell's out. Um, who else is out of the Rabbitohs team? Uh, is, uh, uh, Cam Murray. Cam, Cam Murray. Murray. Well, you know what? I'm going to go the Raiders. I'm going to say the Raiders are going to go to um, go to the uh, the Borough and they're going to beat the Rabbits. Okay, you, I think you need a margin, do you think? Yes, I would like yeah. a margin there. Yes, please. <sighs> One oh, one to twelve. Okay, one, one to twelve. They're going to creep over the line. Perfect. Right. And the final. Uh, the final one. Just let me get the draw up here. The final one. Oh, jeez. Oh, you thought these out already? Sounds no, rattled. I haven't. Wait, there's He's only there's, there's only one He's game rattled. left. Of, this, of the um, so the Sea Eagles. Mm. The Sea Eagles are without both turbos. Mm. They're without DCE. Yep. I reckon they're going to turn up, and Schuster and Coop mm. are going to run right over the Knights. 
Ooh, oh, geez, what are an you angry gag eye and an angry geez. ponger. Sound They're going to run right yeah. over the Sound nights. advice coming up. Someone might be a little upset by oh. that. Yep. Mate, Why don't I, you take him with the start? I don't, mate. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry. I'm this sorry. Is, I'm sorry. Not, George, sorry this George is George not a betting sorry. segment. This is a half-wit segment. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's lock, let's lock them in. You give you a rap there, Webby, in a room. They're locked in, locked and loaded. We'll take a break. A little bit later, sound advice. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Listen, we're about to do uh, just our uh, review of the first uh, half of the competition, or mainly where the competition is going in the back half. But Denon, big breaking news out of uh, out of the Blues training session. Yeah, huge breaking news. So just received text from people at the ground. Uh, Payne Haas has just limped off the field. He just walked off uh, and is with the physio right now as we speak. Oh, huge yeah. news out of Hopefully it's just camp. a stone in his shoe. I hope so. Yeah, wow. Mate, we'll put that there. That would be, uh, yeah, that, that, well, that is going to develop into a really big story. Mm. Mm. They can't lose him. Now, uh, boys, round 13. So um, basically we're halfway through the competition. To start with, out of 10, Webber, you've seen so many and reported so many seasons. You know, where do you rate it out of 10? I've got it right up there. Yeah. I reckon it's about an eight. I reckon the stand yeah. of the footy has been sensational this year. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the game better. No. Maybe. Remember a few years ago when there was like four points between one and eight at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Maybe that. 18, I think it was. 18, was it? Yeah. But I, but I just reckon but the standard. The standard is really strong. And I just reckon, for mine, I, I reckon they've they've got the... They've got the balance right with the uh, the set restarts. Totally agree. Yeah, I think I, it's finally I, sort of settled down. I think this is the best rugby league has ever looked. I agree. And I hate to uh, be the negative Nancy with the referees and the video ref. I actually think that they have been really poor this year. So I agree. I think that, and I understand they're getting all these directives, mm. but if you took outside, just let's take outside refereeing and, and video bunker and all that kind of stuff, the standard of rugby league by teams, we're talking about a team that is on the bottom of the table that went 0-6, that just put 66 on a team that was the top three last year. Mm. That's the standard of footy. Where, like, it's unbelievable it's the best footy's ever looked. People, you know, it's, I just find it unbelievable there are people in the game that would like Pitiful Andy's removed. The game, we haven't had, whether you agree with everything he does, not think, but an administrator who will make tough decisions and make things happen. We haven't had anyone since John Quayle and Ken Arthurson. No. You know, there were people that ran the game in between uh, Volandis and, and Arco and Quayle that just wouldn't make decisions or were just reactive. And this is – he it like everyone, like in you know, people in the Independent Commission, when they brought in changes about the six-again rule, but I tell you what, it has just improved the game. Uh, now they've got the perfect balance. It's almost like where we, the COVID period – where it let the game take a step back and just look at itself mm. as a product it was almost the best thing could have happened. Look, I've rocked and rolled with Volandis with the best of them, but he but he understand he knows I'm playing devil's advocate, so we've got a great relationship. Um, but the game needs a game like rugby league, league needs a benevolent dictator, absolutely, and he plays that role very well. I I think Volandis. I, I agree. I agree with some of the stuff he does. Don't agree with some of the stuff. But what I do like about it, he's quite open about he's the one making the decision. Yep. So it seems like he'll live and die, you know, by his sword. But I think the biggest test in Blandy's, and if he's still around, I, I you know, I hope he's still around uh, in rugby league, will be the next network deal. Because yeah. I do think if you want to look at one little blemish, and I know we're in a bit of a, a mm. tough spot at the time, our deal is probably not where the mm. game should be. But yeah. 
outside of that, I think he's done a fantastic job. Well, the job. best example of what a can-do man he is is uh, two things. Firstly, what he's done with racing. Uh, racing Victoria just used to laugh at him, and they're not laughing anymore. The damage he's done to their spring carnival. But the other thing is the Vegas thing, right? The Ve- whether you agree, Vegas, whatever you think, I can't tell you how many times I've heard in the last 20 years and oh, we're going to go and have a game in America. We're going to open the round over. And it just never happens. Mm. Never looks like happening. He did it. And I said, oh, here we go again, not this again. And it's Well, you know what I love, about, I love about it as well is because rugby league is a TV game, where would you want to have it? Vegas. So, okay, will we sell it out? Maybe, uh, maybe not. But the watching experience, the viewing experience, the, the carnival environment, it is going to be the round one of all round ones. Well, the biggest question is, will this radio show be there? I would say, suggest it will be. Well, I won't be signing next year if uh, if we're not. That's a good negotiation. We <laughs> might have to, <laughs> might have to fi- finally. Listen, finally. Everyone, puts, <laughs> everyone puts their hands in the middle. We all agree. Okay. One it all in. <laughs> Hope you're listening, Hutchie. It's all over. Okay. Uh, boys, Dolphins. Top four, top eight, or eight to 12? Where do they finish? I don't know, but can someone tell me if they're going to make the finals? Because I've got a final chapter to write before the finals. They will play finals football. Okay, well, I'm going to declare it. You know what you should do? What? Choose your own adventure book. <laughs> okay. That's... One chapter where they do make the finals, one yeah. chapter where they don't. And then scratch and sniff. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, okay. Hey, ha- <laughs> hang on, Joey. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what, 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 an incredible, what an incredible story for the NRL if they do make the A. Oh, what an incredible story for Wayne yeah. and his legacy. Well, I think they will because, like, at the moment, Oh, they're six, but they're on equal points yeah. with all the top teams. That was an incredible but, story for my bonus. <laughs> They've been criticised. I can't. Dad's, I have to say, Dad's army or a bunch of nobodies, and then they've put together I've as got many to, wins I've got to as say the this. Penrith Panthers. Throughout last year when he wasn't coaching and he had idle time, and I talked to Bennett quite a lot for this book, and he and he just he was always like, They've always they've just been knocking me my whole career, my whole life. I was never going to. And I was going, Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He's true. Right. He it, was right. Isn't, isn't it funny how you kind of, you would, I mean, if he said that to me, I'd be like, Wayne, everyone loves you. Come yeah, on, Wayne, Wayne everyone, stop everyone trying to be you. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little battler, just battling his but whole I mean, life. Far guy. out. You look, I mean, and look at these last few years. Obviously, the Rabbitohs, they get to a grand final. 2020 comes in for a year, just does a miracle. And not, not enough was said about the fact that Wayne and Mal came in and did that. They more focused on Munster, understandably so. Then he take, you know, takes the Dolphins right now, as you said, sitting on equal wins with the Panthers. And they haven't had it easy, too. They've no, been down to their fourth string half. Yeah. yeah, they have. Yeah, lost some really crucial and players. And their starting halves at the start of this year were reserve-grade halves. The reason I've got no doubt, in my opinion, they're going to make the eight is that can you imagine the back end of the year where you've got a month to go and they need to win three of the four? Wayne will get it done. Yeah. He'll yeah. just he'll, Somehow, he'll, some way. He'll just get it done. And Wayne... We trust. Uh, I think also when you actually look at the lot, okay, Seagull's been heaps up and down. Titans up and down. Roosters don't know what's happening there. Knights again. Like, even if you took away the fact they're a new side and they were just at 17 blokes, you would say that is a top eight side. Even even without the fantasy of it, just the way they play their footy, the way they go about it. Yeah, I think they'll finish. You know what? You know what? I my I went. This is this is a serious footy team. The loss to the Broncos. Remember, they had so Incredible much go wrong. Had so much go wrong in that game. They had injuries going into it, injuries throughout it, and they just let it should go. Should have won. They should have won. They just let it go at the end. Mm. It just 
They managed to get there right then, save it to the last five minutes, and yeah, then you let, know, let, let, let it happen. Because they know what type, really crucially, they know what type of team they are. Yeah. Mm. And they just grind away. They, they centralise. They oh. grind, grind. And, and the big telling point, when you watch a game, if you want to do your live betting, and you know, here they go, they're about to, points are about to rattle up when you start to see Jeremy Marshall King driving through the middle. Because that's what that's what they're trying to do all the time. They're just assaulting the middle of the field. When he starts going through, the opposition medal, uh, middles are about to collapse defensively. Yeah. Right out, Roosters. <laughs> Touched on it there. Right out, Roosters, they've got injuries, sure. I think one of the problems is that they're uh, there. Alibi is not the word I'm trying to think of it. But they said, oh, look, we always get off to a slow start. But now this is starting to get serious. Can I tell you a funny story? Well, I boxed occasionally down at Rushcutters Bay. Yeah. This guy walked past about two months ago, just absolutely abused me. Ah, uh, yeah, you give it to the Roosters, Webster. It was after they'd lost to the Dolphins. And I said, that, you know, they got all the great resources of every other club, all the players that should toss up something better than that. I ran into him two days ago. Mm. When are you going to write a column asking for Trent Robertson to be sacked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the best. Well, they're not You look at the Roosters and we all go, oh, they're in a bit of a hole now. Mate, Brandon Smith's out for how long? Seven weeks? Eight, eight weeks? Yeah, yeah. Victor suspended. Victor suspended for three weeks. Jo- Joey right. Manu, uh, yeah. Joey Manu, how long is he out for still? He's out for another week or yep. so. You yeah. know, it w- Lindsay Collins on Origin duties. We're in the or- so, we're in now, we're now, Origin. We're now in an Origin period where you lose your stuff. Don't you reckon? Don't you reckon the Roosters, when they're having a great season, it's off the back of their defence. Like Webby. And, and like that 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 game last week against the Dragons. Yep. The way that they opened up. In the outside backs, as yeah. like, well, this Webby, is not a Roosters well, team. Uh, well, Webby, like, uh, yeah, someone at the Roosters might say, well, it's easy for him to say he's not on the inside. But I tell you what, I've wasted my whole life on this game, and I've I've, done, I've seen enough and been involved with enough and know enough at times to know what is going on. And it's you just said it there, regardless of all these different things that are taking place and drops in confidence. I can see that the Roosters, they are trying to attack their way into form, mm. which is always dangerous. Mm. When you try to do that and a little down in confidence, suddenly the hole starts to get deeper. Whenever you're, in my opinion, whenever you're on a confidence is low, is that you major on defence. You actually go into a game and you say, we're going to take all the onus off attack. We're going to win this game 2-0. So what the mindset is straight away is you pour energy into your defence, you retain possession, you kick well and you, ch- you kick chase really well. And what happens from there is the points just naturally flow because they're the things that put you in a position to score and to win football games. Mm. Well, it's The irony is, is Craig Fitzgibbon, their former defence coach, goes to the Sharks and obviously since going to the Sharks have gone better than the Roosters. And as you just said, Ironically, the Sharks are one of the best attacking sides in the comp, mm. but it's built off them trying to get their defence right first. Yep. Uh, I think they're missing Craig Fitzgibbon so, so much. I think he's so important to a playing group. He's obviously a, a locker room kind of guy. He had the respect of – and not to say the other coaching staff don't. I actually think uh, – and I actually spoke to Mark Boris about this and this podcast will be out in a couple of weeks, but he just reckons Robinson just needs a little bit more support around him. So that's going to be interesting Den- what happens right. Denham, one thing too – when a playmaker, and I'll talk about Luke Brooks in this, is that the shapes that the Roosters are running are high-risk shapes, and they suit a, a, a playmakers who are in great form 
and a high in confidence. And that, those they're, they're block formations where you are passing to men in the impact zone. And when things are just fractionally out, that that you bleed errors, mm. right? Now, you, let's take take a few weeks back and let's look at the Tigers. The Tigers turn around and the turn around Luke Brooks's game. What Sheens did was simplify his shapes. Rather than playing block formations all the time, he played what you call split shapes, which is guys dropping under you. Dummy underneath, dummy underneath and run. Right, it's simpler to play. It'll you've got the ball in your hands longer, and it, it's a running play for running plays. You have a run; it favours the running player. But that shape, that simpler shape, has got pushed Brooks into form, mm. got his confidence up, and got him going. They just the Roosters need with the football to just take three steps backwards. Mm. Yeah, there's but, also a lot of noise. I talked to people at the club this week. They reckon that like there's so much noise around their club. You know, yeah, so yeah. much noise around around Walker, um, around Smith, Suali'i. around around Suali'i. He isn't been the same since he went to sign the contract. Um, I mean, there were stories this week about Tedesco's lack of leadership being mm. a problem. Like it's become a bit you of know. a leaky club, but, and that and that noise, I was told, is is really something that they're trying to control inside in terms. Premiership of, winning teams can handle that, though, Webby. Of course, you they know can. they yeah, can. No, but that's what I find concerning that they yep. they've got that many quality players that they should be able but to. Are, they shouldn't even have to worry about that. Shit. They're a blue ribbon club that go and buy big name players. You are going to draw attention. Yeah, of course. It. Yeah, of course. Deal Boys, with it. They're always exactly. They're the roosters. It's like the, they're like the Lakers. They're like you know, when you go and poach big name players to your club, you got to deal with it. Boys, we've got morning glory jeopardy coming up. We've got to don't want to shave time off that. I'll just. <laughs> Just a really quick one. Now, this one's a little out, outlandish, but who knows? Could the Tigers possibly go on a long winning run and sneak into the finals? No. After, after, oh, after, no, no, <laughs> I, no, that's fair enough. But Sheen's sides have got a history of starting, like, starting slow, but like looking terribly ugly. But when things click, they just explode. Are you saying a 2005? 2005 is a perfect example, but oftentimes you, start, you actually see the way that Tim Sheens likes to attack is fairly complex and it takes a fair while to click, but when it does... A few a few young Tigers have come into it, like obviously Buller and stuff like that, and they, I think, have impressed more than a lot of well, people thought, and well, there could be, yes, well, there ben, could be a run. We talk about Jermaine Asako before. A tier like Stafford Toa. Yeah. Like his performance last week, you talk about oh, a breakout game. Rebirth. Holy. Uh, yeah. th- they definitely can. They definitely can. And I think Bateman is such a big part of that because he's yep. just a fighter. Yeah. He's just going to stay in everything. So are they, yes. I, I think they can. It'd be, great, it'd be a great story. If they, oh, if they could roll in like this. Brooksy getting his name chanted was honestly a balm to the soul. It's, it is really good. On his 200th game. It's awesome. Right, we'll take a break. Morning Glory Jeopardy next. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. And we've got him on the line right now, Jared Timms from Neds. Good morning, Timsy. Good morning, Matty. How are you this week? Brother, I'm flying. I'm like Neville Bartos. Now, now <laughs> for the punters, I'll say this first off the top. You've got to be careful. You've got to double-check the starting lineups because of origin time. Eels versus Cowboys, Timsy. Yeah, absolutely, Matty. This match certainly one to consider there. Look, the Eels turned in their best performance of the season last week, of course. 
But they are without every single forward that they fielded in last year's grand final this week. Uh, yeah. They've still been pretty popular in there, though. eighteen. That's because the cows were so bad, and they're without five Origin players. They're out to $5. The line is 14.5 points. Yeah, the Cowboys were... They were horrendous. Now, South versus the Raiders. This will be a uh, terrific game, regardless of no Latrell Mitchell and Cam Murray, etc. Yeah, betting suggests it's going to be the standout contest of the week, in fact, Matty, justifiably so. The Rabbitohs, they're keen to bounce back from that round 12 defeat, but they're going to need to do it without a few key players that you just listed off there. They're $1.70 in the Neds market. The Raiders, they're also keen to bounce back after that loss to the Seagulls. They're without Hudson Young, and they are $2.15 outsiders. The line for this one, it's just two and a half points. Righto, Adelaide next Wednesday, State of Origin number one. Where's the money going, Timsy? Well, plenty of patriotic support for both sides, Matty. There always is, of course. But since the teams were selected, the Blues have actually firmed just a little bit. $1.70 into $1.65 in the Neds market. Value about the Queenslanders, perhaps. There usually is $2.20. And it's currently a two-and-a-half-point line in this one as well. Yeah, I tell you what, Tom Travojevic, his performance last week, I can understand why they're firmed. Thank you, Timsey. Well done, pal. Thanks, Matty. Good luck, punters. Yes, download the NEBS app today and take betting to the NEDS level. You win some, you lose more. Yeah, welcome back to uh, Morning Glory. Bet to Jeopardy. Just uh, the update on Payne Hass. Yeah, currently uh, laying down with his foot elevated. So significant enough to not continue training. Uh, And I think also Brandy has tweeted out saying that he will be ready to train by Sunday. So it's an ankle sprain. Okay. Uh, So not the best preparation, but at least it's looking like not a long-term injury. Okay. Thank you. Breaking news, Ray. Uh, It's time for Morning Glory Jeopardy. And today's topic, Rugby League Enforcers. First question to you, Weber. The great Malcolm Reilly joined Manly in 1972 from which English club? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Castleford. Yes, won a Lance Top Trophy as I think about an eighteen-year-old. I wanted to. Came I, out. I was having to ask of you who he hit, was. Who he headbutted? Oh yes, I was going to say George Pickens. I knew yeah. that bit. Denon, to you. Yes, I, Ian Roberts, the great Ian Roberts, played for three NRL clubs: Souths, Manly, and which other? Oh, um, Souths, Manly, and Rabbitohs. Incorrect. South, Manly, and the North Queensland Cowboys. Oh, I was talking about post-2002 Rabbitohs. Came back the I game. saw him in the street yesterday. How's he going, Robert? Oh, looks like he could still play. He's, you know, if Payne Ars goes down, we'll just put him in there. Man, old iron. Very good. Ian Roberts, Ben, oh, played oh. for which English club as a relatively unknown to rave reviews in the mid to late 80s? Had two seasons at a club. I'll go on my default. Wigan. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it was Wigan. So he went over there. No one basically knew who he was. He was a young guy because he's got uh, an English passport. Went over and all these reports were coming back about this young Aussie bloke playing under Graham Lowe who was making like 53 tackles a game, which back then it was, was incredible. incredible. So there you go. Now, okay, Webbo, to you. Mm. Hardman Les Davidson has a brother, Larry who excelled at which Australian national sport? Australian national sport. Yep, an Australian. It's an Australian ball. Something we play in Australia nationally. It's not just It's not like an Aussie rules. It's something that we play nationally. Larry Davidson. 
soccer? Incorrect. It was basketball. Oh. Played for the Newcastle How Falcons. How was I ever going to get that? Well, Webbo, you lived up there for a while, mate, if it took interest in the round ball game <laughs> of the bouncing variety. Um, <laughs> the bouncing round ball. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Manly Steve Matai joined the Seagulls from which Brisbane Rugby League club? Oh, wow. Uh, as in NRL club or uh, no, no, club? No, no, uh, QRL. Souths. Logan? Incorrect. Ipswich. Oh. None, none. A lot of O's <laughs> been drawn. This is really tough. Yeah. Okay, Ben. Yes. Which iconic origin hard man recommended Matt High to Manly when was on the coaching staff at Ipswich? Gilly. Trevor Gilmeister's correct. Oh, well done. Well, Origin Hardman. Yeah, there you go. There's a lot. But there's only one Origin Hardman. He's the one that jumps into my mind. I was going to say, there was a lot of us. Um, (laughs) You and Brandon? (laughs) Yes. I won 10? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Webby. Yeah. The brilliant and tough Gavin Miller hails from which New South Wales town south of here? Southwest. My brain. I've got brain. I've got brain issues. I'm worried about your lifestyle. Your brain is. My brain is not good. I'm on ass man. Yeah. Can you ride with you ride with the ass man over there? (laughs) (laughs) Dapto. No, no, it was Goulburn. I knew it was. It's on the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Does he he run a Does he run a pub? He did. He did run one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's doing it anymore. Uh, Okay. To you, Denon. Mario Fennick. Played for three clubs. The now defunct Crushers, South Sydney, and which other? That's an easy one. Uh, Bulldogs? Incorrect. It was North Sydney Bears. The suburb we are now in. I didn't even watch rugby league when North Sydney Bears were in the comp, so I don't know. Geez, you missed out. (laughs) No, they were great days. Ben. I mean, look... if you get this, you've already won, but we'll keep going. <laughs> Manly, uh, Maroon Marty Lang Ooh. played for which NRL clubs? He played for Penrith and he played for the Sharks. You are correct, Ben. Congratulations. We'll keep going now. That, now, that's an easy one. Yep, that's it. No, that was an easy one. Let's just play it anyway. Webby, Kevin Campion played for six clubs. Oh, okay. okay. He played for the Gold Coast. Yep. Adelaide. Yeah. North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah. Broncos. Yeah. And which other team? Warriors. Yep. We've got one more to go. And... He's rattled. Oh. You should oh. get You got this. You got this, mate. Tigers. No. No, who was it? George. Oh, Tigers, you oh. idiot. Oh. You fool. You fool. Oh. How many games did he play for the Dragons? Oh. Um, oh you... I don't know, 16? I'm not sure. <laughs> Denon, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing this show. Man. How many kangaroo tours did Steve Blocker Roach go on? Oh. oh. Um, four? Mate, two. Two, mate. This is, do you blokes, honestly, just hang your heads in shame. Kevin Campion played 20 games for the Dragons. There you go. Oh, it's sorry, close to 16. Should that, should and lastly, Ben, mm. name the clubs to Tavita Pangai. Oh, they played for at NRL level. Oh, they're not oh, this stuff. is a joke. I'm going to miss on here. Broncos. This... Oh, my God. Bulldogs. Yep. Penrith. 
There's another one in there. Come on, gonna need an answer, Ben. Oh, it's gonna be like Titans or someone. Uh, incorrect. Too much information. Too much information. You, got it. you had it right. I had it right. Oh, that was fun. Don't give me a zero. <laughs> you got a zero, to make Too much information. Webby, I'll go to you because yeah, you're a little right. bit downcast no, at the moment. What, I don't like Jeopardy. Uh, yes. Okay. You know what? I've brained, my, I've, I've brained my damage too much. Today. <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of a corruption going on here with that question. Yeah, you yes. are right. Uh, <laughs> okay, Webby. Yes. I'm going to pick up your spirits. Try to get this. Okay. What's the Christian name of Noel Cleal's brother when he joined the Roosters? Oh, what's Noel Cleal's brother's name? Oh. I can. I know. You got this. I know. I know. I know. He drinks man. long necks. Best end. Uh, oh, what's his name? You got this. Best end. Oh, Close. best end. Best and less. Les. Oh, Les. Les Cleal. Oh. What a. What a holy dooly. What is happening here? Oh, come on, eh, dog? I met him. I met him. <laughs> He's a champion too. He we'll is. take a break. Sound advice next. Hey, Jack Johns joins us for sound advice. And, uh, well, I tell you what, he's going to pay tribute to the icon, Tina Turner. It's only fitting because on the phone I've got two sons and this son is simply the best. <laughs> the other one's simply the worst. Uh, I'm getting reports, some of the things he said about me on Colin Jack out this morning, and it ain't good. Jack, welcome, mate. Morning, mate. How are you? Going good, brother. I'm going good. Now, Tina Turner got it fair going over in our house. I think that's the right word. I'd say. Uh, mate, nutbush, all that sort of stuff. Do you see yourself as a Tina fan? Uh, oh, I, I think I think it was uh, shown to me enough as a kid to to know enough about Tina. I remember a lot of our family weddings. Uh, you would uh, you would slip on the DJ decks and chuck on Nutbush, and you'd start dirty rumours about relatives that they might be on illicit substances. <laughs> yeah, that shout out to Joey. Um, <laughs> Mate, it was, by the way, just say that it was other people's when it wasn't my, um, you know, as Tony McGay say, you know, I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> Jack Johns, it, it's funny, isn't it, like, coincidental, that we did the podcast on Tuesday, I was telling the boys, it finished, and I said, we've got the buy next week, why don't you come home or we'll go see Tuna the Musical? It was sort of hard to believe, wasn't it? Wake up Wednesday morning and she passed. Yeah, it was pretty crazy actually. I remember you you were raving on about the uh, Tina, um, about the Tina musical during the podcast this week, which came out today. It's um, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think um, that sort of timing. It's it's, it's bizarre actually. Jack, um, what are some of the stuff you want to talk about with Tina Turner? Oh yeah, so there's plenty to talk about. You know, you can talk about. It. There's so many things that happened in her life. It's hard to cover so much, but um, you know, she's a two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, inductee. She's won countless Grammys. Um, she's had over 25 nominations at the Grammy Awards. And, um, you know, it, it's such a long career from her first hit um, in 1960, which was uh, A Fool in Love, which she um, hit number 27 in the Billboard charts. Jackson Beak here. Mate, uh, what I, is so unique is her, I guess, her tone of voice. And I kind of feel like today 
uh, a lot of artists, it's they're so perfected with auto-tune or even just little touch-ups that we don't notice. Do you think that we may see like a swing back where, because even the imperfections made it unique in her voice. That was what was so special about it. Do you think we'll ever go back to that period where we just hear their voice and their tone as clearly as possible? Yeah, I'm not too sure. It's it's quite, it, she did have a unique voice. She she actually, she wasn't afraid to make, um, you know, a cover of a song her own. She did so many, um, especially early, early in her career, did a lot of covers that she sort of made her own, and like Proud Mary from like, by oh, Credence. Yeah. Like mm. her, her version of it's, if not bigger than the Credence version. Um, I remember when I used to work at a, I used to work at a beach club back in the day when I finished high school and just about every Friday you'd have, um, we'd have a cover artist and they'd always chuck in Proud Mary somewhere along the lines. Yes, I remember those bad days when you worked at the beach club and uh, you'd go home and tell mum that I was playing the pokies. That was, uh, <laughs> uh, they really were bad days. Jack, Jack what was her, do you, do you know what um, offhand what her biggest selling song was? What her most successful was? Yeah, I know when I know it was Proud Mary when she was uh, when her and Ike worked together. Uh, I think it, it. I think it's. I had it the other day. I've had it just here. I'm pretty sure her biggest hit might have been was it the Thunderdome song. No, I think it's what What's Love Got to Do with It. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, but that was the big sort of. Yeah. Um, if you watch the movie, and if, I think also if you watch, I think I'm pretty sure it's the musical too. Like. That's the big. That's the comeback. That's, that's the big fu to uh, to Ike, Ike. You know. Yeah. Well, I tell yeah, you that's what. That's 1993. I tell you what. Like some of the people she was involved with in life, who said you know very tough upbringing, uh, with the father and, and the mum, and then you know of course with Ike, just a, a lunatic, but also Phil Spector coming into her life, and you know like yeah. Phil Spector, an absolute lunatic, the wall of sound and that river deep mountain high. Wow. Yeah, she had a lot of tragedy in her life, actually. It's quite to see you know, every photo you can see of her. She's always smiling and happy. And you can't really tell. Like, she had so many tragedies, like her son passing away. Uh, older, like When she was younger, her older sister and cousin passed away in a car crash. She obviously had um, the abusive mar- marriage that's been covered with Ike. And then um, during World War II, like, the, in, a, when she, in her early life, she was actually separated from her family um, a fair bit and didn't reconnect until after the war. So it's pretty um, – yeah, she had quite a um, – yeah, Quite a tragic, uh, tragic life. Because mm. I, I didn't really know her as a singer. Like my first touch, you know, with Tina Turner was all Mad Max Three and your rugby league of Mad Max. Rugby league of Mad Max. She was good in that. And I and I showed my girls um, this morning. You know, yesterday morning they're only six and four, but they were listening to Simply the Best, and they're like, "Oh, where's this from?" And I said, "Oh, this is from this." And I showed them yeah. the YouTube clip of the of the ad, and they're like. My wow! God. I said, "This yeah. is what I grew up with. This is mm. this is rugby league in the night." If you if you go back and watch Mad Max Three Beyond Thunderdome, it is an incredible movie. Yeah. Mm. Incredible! It's so good. And some of the stuff in that. One of my favourites when she's standing, she's talking about Max Mel Gibbons. She goes, "He's just a raggedy man." They, and, and, they, and they said that he that, that sorry that she came out and the energy that she had on set. They said she's a force of nature. Like mm. and the you know. Cliffy and Mal and that have all spoken about how, mm. you know, she was in presence when you met her, and um, it was it was this thing about her. She was just energy, mm. incredible. Jimmy Barnes said when they did the best, I think he flew to Germany to do it. Yep. And I saw him talking on the project last night, just all about. It. He said it was surreal because he goes, when I was a kid in Adelaide, 
he said, we broke into this location you know, with the live music and she was playing. And he said, all my mates went there to sort of fight and carry on. He said, I just walked to the front of stage and wa- watched her and said, that's what I want to do and that's what I want to sound like. I, I saw I saw an interview with her last night, an old interview, Jack, where she was saying how she was, it was with Larry King. And she was saying, "I'm bigger than in Europe than America," mm. like which is which is interesting. Giving yeah. and 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 he said, "Come on, you're big in America." She goes, "She goes, not as big as Madonna." Yeah, wow. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that she was just as big in Europe. That's a a sign of a of a global superstar, isn't it? Yes, certainly is, Webby. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, in my esteemed opinion of the music industry, that's what I've um, found. Jack, back, to you, back to you, Matt. Jack, your favourite. <laughs> Thanks, Webby. Around the grounds with Andrew Webster. Um, Jack, your your best Tuna Turner songs. I think uh, Proud Mary is my favourite. I think I think I've heard it enough, you know, so many times. I think it's just an iconic track. Yeah. What about you, boys? You got a, a, a top three, say? So? Yeah. I do. I'll go, I've got the best, simply the best, Proud yeah. Mary, and an obscure one. You better be good to me. Oh, great! I love song. that song. It's very good in the uh, in in it, the stage play. I didn't really hadn't, and when I saw the musical with Buzz, yeah, went, God, oh, God, oh, they're God, they're good singers. God, that bloody Ike's some sort of <laughs> bastard, didn't he? Where are you? Uh, oh, speaking of, speaking of that person, I would say Private Dancer is up there in my top three. Um, as I said to you before, it makes yeah. a a lap dance. Seem romantic. Yeah. Um, Don't be afraid to give it a go to all the bosses. <laughs> uh, simply, simply the best. And uh, uh, we don't need another hero from Mamax 3 Beyond Thunderdome. Beak? Me, it's just simply the best, simply the best, simply the best. Oh, well, the best. It's uh, the best. It is the best. But I just, I can't think of another song that is so nostalgic and connected to rugby league the way simply the best is. Yeah. It just always will be. And and you could try Anthem to the game. You could try mm. to measure it and say this happened or that happened, but there's no way they could have predicted that Incredible. for the next 20 to 40 years or even 100 years maybe, we'll always point back to simply the best as like the pinnacle of rugby league. I've gone proud Mary, River Deep Mountain High, that wall of sound, Phil Spector, just gives you goosebumps. And the other one is a cover of a uh, Elton John song, The Bitch Is Back. As I said before, it is such a great song. Elton John does it. It's sort of seven and a half out of ten. Tina Turner, it's ten out of ten. As I said, the opening, Bernie Taupin's opening lyric where he goes, uh, I was justified when I was five. Raising cane, stick it in your eye. Times are changing, now the poor get fat. And the evil's going to get you when the bitch is back. I just think that is a great, great lyric. Jack Johns, you got anything to finish with? Yeah, well, she's got the um, Guinness World Record. She, she had it. Uh, she then uh, lost it at a later date. But in 1988, her tour uh, for her 96, uh, 86 album, she went to Rio de Janeiro and she sets the record then for having the largest paying audience uh, for a solo performer, which was 180,000 at a gig, uh, breaking Frank Sinatra's record. Wow. wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. That would have been fun. I tell you, wouldn't it? What? Uh, the karaoke's now have a good have a good time. They do, they uh, do. I tell you another one worth mentioning too. She did the the theme. You should have a listen to it. it's great. One of the ja- best James Bond songs, Goldeneye, and it was written oh, by Edge and Bono. Yeah, so, Jack Johns, go well. Good luck on Sunday. Be kind to your brother. See you, mate. Take care, fellas. Same to you, See mate. You, Jack. There he goes off to the distance. Where he goes now, nobody knows, including <laughs> his mother. We'll take a break. Tips coming up. <laughs> Yes, welcome back. It's time for our tips. Webby, uh, what do you got for us, Queensland mate? Derby tomorrow. I like number four, Promises Kept. 
Okay. Tips, uh, Newcastle, 13-plus. Caleb Ponger, any time. Gagai, any time. I like the sound of that. Ooh. Guys, great show today. Uh, people, enjoy your week. We'll speak to you next Friday. Vale, Tuna Turner. Simply